0: Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence.
1: This is Gary Butterfield.
0: This is Cole Ross.
1: And you're listening to the Bonfireside Chat Roundup. Roundtable Roundup.
0: Uh, round table, round table is the thing. The roundups are the WAF dispatch.
1: I know, but I was feeling cowboy. Oh,
0: I, I, Gary, we're always feeling cowboy.
1: I know. I got my chaps on. I don't know if they let cowboys (laughs) out of heaven. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they're going to let me go into heaven. Um, yeah, this is, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, we Mm -hmm. got what we consider to be kind of a special episode, uh, and welcome a larger everybody.
0: Yes, uh, giving you a bit of a taste here. If you are unsure about uh, taking the plunge and listening to us talk about Elden Ring on the uh, the premium episodes, uh, giving you a taste of what these roundtable roundtables are like, uh, and putting a good foot forward. Because I mean, we've we've done the Austin inter- interview and it's really good. We talked to Austin mm-hmm. Walker, but we've also got the uh, the the Sekiro Doobie like cut, cut, cut content stuff. Uh, yeah. that uh we're going to be digging into um and both of those are like exemplary. We we want more people to hear this.
1: Yeah, we th- we think they're good. Uh you know for for people who don't know, Austin Walker, esteemed game journalist formerly of uh Waypoint um and just like all about a podcaster extraordinaire does mm-hmm. a really good thoughtful interview with us mm-hmm. uh sakura is a youtuber who i've followed for a long time who is doing wonderful work with cut content um done a lot of like quest lines being restored and such in elden ring uh and was very gracious and took the time uh to answer some questions in interview form in email form mm. yeah uh, for us um the other reason i think this is a good public episode is that uh so we also read responses during these that the people have to the areas we've gone through um this is one of the last ones we're going to do because we're mm-hmm. rounding up uh the end of uh elden ring prior to dlc Watcha. and there there whoosh, there are some things that uh that we missed mm-hmm. here and i think that uh one of the things that i'm i'm you know i don't feel what humans experience is pride but one thing that i i like about our show is that like there's lots of things we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are things that are we're not experts on. So, like we we do want to tap people in. You know, this mm-hmm. is a collaborative effort. So, and we got some really good insight, yeah, from listeners as well. Uh, this episode, so we yeah. did.
0: So, welcome if you want to hear all of these. You know, uh, give you the spiel. patreoncom duckfeedtv. Uh, $5, that gets you access to uh, everything Bonfireside Chat. Uh, also, all of the premium Watch Out for Fireballs we've done, uh, extra abject sufferings, whole bonus shows, like Unfilmable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a yeah. lot.
1: It's a lot. Uh, one thing that's uh, kind of in the news uh, with Remnant 2, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of everybody loving that, we did cover Remnant 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in there as well. Before Elden Ring, we did a bunch of Souls-likes, and uh, no. who knows, we might end up doing Remnant 2 mm-hmm. as well, and that will probably be behind, uh, you know, that'll be also on this show. Yes. So, uh, if you're interested in that. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, and with, without uh, too much further ado, uh, let us cut in our interview we had with Austin Walker. And as mentioned, we are now joined by Austin Walker.
2: Hello, Austin. Hey, how's it going? It's
1: Great, it's good. Go
0: going just fine. Yeah, going How just it? fine.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm all right. I uh, I had spent the last few days sick, and so now I am not sick, and I instead am going to talk about Elden Ring, which is a joy, a boon. You know, maybe mm. it helped me get better faster, knowing <laughs> that I had a deadline by which yeah. I would have to talk about Elden Ring.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I, I, uh, I've been wrestling with bronchitis and no matter how much I think about Elden Ring, it's not going away. It's not going <laughs> away. I, the, um, uh, the, 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 Christian science perspective of just thinking it away is not somehow not working. And I, You're
2: not even I don't even have to pray it away. Is that not a pretty Christian science? You can't even ask for some sort of intercession now. I, I've oh,
1: been I think... trying, you okay. know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, the yeah. intercessions in this economy. Um, the the, the, uh yeah so uh people listening are are probably familiar uh with your work but in case they are not uh how might people know you who are you online
2: who I, I, well, you know, I have been Austin underscore Walker on Twitter for years. <laughs> and these days, it is hard to recommend folks go yeah. over there. Yeah. As, as uh, even in the bad days of old Twitter, where you're like, uh, you know, the hell site, uh, mm-hmm. today seems worse. Um, but you can find me on Co host and other places. I'm all over the place now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you what are you doing now what are you doing currently so i i after years being in games media where i was at waypoint which is now remap they just relaunched his remap all kind of a, a, a worker-owned you know patreon type vibes so shout out to them the i ended up going into game dev um yeah I, I work for a company called possibility space now with some great folks um uh, i'm doing a bunch of world building i can't share much at all <laughs> at this point unfortunately i would love to plug that work but instead i guess i'll plug some other stuff i do a tabletop podcast called friends at the table uh that has been coming out for nine years this september um uh we are in the middle of a sci-fi season. Uh, you know, Armored Core is, is right around the corner, and if you are interested in getting into mechs and a mech mindset, you should go listen to I would say Partisan, which is our our second most recent sci-fi season that leads into the current one, Palisade. Big mech stories happening there. Armored Core a huge influence on me.
1: Thanks. The um that podcast is huge on our Slack.
2: Oh, um, really? That's we, wild. Yeah, Thank yeah you we have everybody. a. a
1: a non, um, a non-us podcast channel on there for, and uh, people talk about friends at the table all the time.
2: That's very sweet. Yeah. thank you to to the fans there. Um, I also do. I'll shout out another another podcast. I just started doing a, a podcast called Buried by Genre uh with uh cameron Kunzelman and michael Lutz as part of the range to touch network mm-hmm. um they uh they asked me to come on and, and talk about the gene wolf book of the new sun series which is a very soulsian
1: very Solzian. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: book series and that has been a joy to do and finally um uh, i'm part of a more civilized age a star wars podcast that's currently figuring out what to cover in it's... the middle of the sag after strike because pretty... we were covering rebels Which isn't struck work, but is basically a predecessor to Ahsoka, their big new summer TV show. Mm. And it's like a little too close to promotion for that for us which yeah. it depends on how you read the rules like whether it breaks the guidelines or not but mostly it's like let's not direct people to disney plus in the middle of a strike um so we're gonna we might end up covering a video game for instance instead oh, yeah. so oh. so you know it turns out there's some other stuff that we could do theoretically yeah. so, saw, nice. so saw,
0: saw saw people in the mentions clamor for coder you got a lots lot to work of with people
2: yeah. a lot of people would love it for us to do that so (laughs) it's on the it's on the list as a possibility so so that's where you might know me from um these days i don't post as much but every now and then i'll i'll get out there and write something or or whatever but yeah twitter Austin underscore walker austin on co-host elsewhere also blue sky i'm lost underscore i'm something on blue sky blue sky is guys i still don't know how to tell people where I am on the Sky. It's getting there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, (laughs) getting there. It's it's getting there.
2: Are y'all over there now? Are you, Uh, do I follow you there? I I might follow you there already, but if I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm over there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, um, yeah. It's a, it's it's a funny experience uh, being (laughs) in the recent age of of that. (laughs) sure Um, What, uh, kind of briefly, what is your, your history with uh, Soulsborne and from sophomore generally?
2: God. I mean, at this point, right from soft time you know my from soft time i just talked about Armor core right like i goes mm-hmm. back to the ps1 era right nice. um where i think if i saw a list of every from soft game on the ps1 i i i mean i guess both ps1 and ps2 because they were putting out lots of of rpgs in that early ps2 era too right mm-hmm. um, yeah and, evergrace and, many of those, and such yeah the evergraces and the eternal rings right yeah. um uh, and i was playing those games without really understanding a lot about what that meant but you know i i would say that like going back I was an Armored Core guy more than a more than a Kingsfield guy, right? I played mm-hmm. one of the Kingsfield games at the time. Um and then at, at some point um a friend of mine Phil Karen uh was like, "Oh, Austin, you have to play um uh, this game called Demon Souls. Um it's by the Armored Core people. I know you're an Armored Core fan and it's never going to get localized. You have mm-hmm. to import it." <laughs> and so I played through Demon Souls imported. Uh, on a japanese psn account um or a japanese you know yeah playstation account on the ps3 um uh and beat it you know via faqs and like translations of of you know that's not a game that you need a lot of guidance on Uh, well (laughs) yeah souls generally is a souls game right but you can once you understand enough of the menu stuff you can play that game even though it was in japanese Um and uh I had an absolute blast with it to the degree that when Dark Souls came out, I was not a big Dark Souls person. Because I was like, I've already done this um in such a way that I got the itch scratched the first time. Then Mm -hmm. Dark Souls 2, and I watched lots of people play through Dark Souls 1, and eventually I would play it. And like, you know, I think Dark Souls 1 is a great game. I'm not Mm -hmm. an anti Dark Souls 1 person. But it meant that I never had that thing of, oh my God, look at, you can see down to Firelink Shrine from here you can look up and see you know what i mean that yeah. sort of clockwork world thing of dark souls one never was important to me for what the souls games were because demon souls was my first souls game uh, yeah. and the fractured nature of that game doubled by i'm on a message board trying to piece together what, what the rings do because we're <laughs> reading translated you know fan translated descriptions together because that game just came out you know it's it's there's a, there's a community of western players da, 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 da. so that fractured stuff was already part of my experience of soul so like i'm a big dark souls 2 guy even though that world even though you take the elevator up through the yeah harvest, you know what it's, i mean from harvest valley up into the lava or whatever. it's more you're, you're, fractured
1: you're, it's more hub and spoke it's more yeah. hub and spoke yeah.
2: you're you're, you're, among, you're among friends here with me i in, uh, I, I, <laughs> I recent not that long ago listened to to your dark souls 2 uh, uh stuff because i didn't have time to play through it and i was like what if mm. i what if i just listen to them talk about it yeah um and that was a joy um, no. i did also Thank replay you. dark souls one the the um the whatever the remaster or, or the, the switch release of that which no, was yeah, actually no. really fun to do mm-hmm. um there was a really active community uh i did some of the dark moon stuff which i had never done before um is that right is that the the name of that of yeah. that covenant yeah. okay uh, which the, really the,
1: the, the the cop one the, you know, the they one. go in punishing uh-huh. the sinners yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
2: yeah. yeah um and that was really fun to do it's fun to be a cop for a little while you know yeah, it was just for pretend. Stuff. as long as it's yeah.
1: not in real life it's you know games are about fantasies that's and, exactly and, you know, i was
2: role-playing really yeah. in, a, in a serious way um uh, and and you know i ended up reviewing dark souls 3 for giant Bomb, and it was one of my first reviews there uh when i was there eight years ago now <laughs> um, and thought that was like pretty good uh and, and have just been a fan of, of everything that they've done basically in the time since. I mean, everything they they've done is not true because I haven't played Deracine, the the VR uh thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um but you know. Uh That's neat. uh and I end up, I think I think I have a a fairly idiosyncratic, like, personal ranking in which things like Dark Souls Two and Sekiro are, are higher than Bloodborne I'm not a big blood, I like Bloodborne. Yeah. Bloodborne's a good mm-hmm. game but it's not in my top 3 and that's I think different than most people. Very idiosyncratic. Yeah. Yeah. Did
1: you yeah. play this is this is like the most inane side question thing ever but when you played uh Dark Souls on Switch cuz I did that when that came out yes. on Switch. Um did you play in handheld mode?
2: I did almost but, exclusively actually. It... So
1: did so did I and the thing I found that was interesting about that is that it, it is harder to control but it made me think about the controls more way more yes yeah. absolutely absolutely it was a really interesting like form factor influencing how you you interface with the game like yes. i was this is not as good you know mm-hmm. in an objective sense if i'm measuring this in good but i am being more intentional and mm-hmm. that coupled with the fact that it was a game i i know like the back of my hand yep mm-hmm. uh, actually added a lot of new dimensionality to it
2: and uh, it was I was just, really surprised it was it was a fun game for me to I played it on a bunch of trips actually, and um it's a game I know pretty well um and it's a game I think of as being a game that I play in deep, long sessions and to play it on the switch where I was like okay, I can get to i can I know this route well enough. I can go from this bonfire to that bonfire in the twenty minutes I have while visiting my parents for Christmas, um, and and you know twenty minutes before dinner starts. Okay, can I make this run? Can I or I you know I have an hour on a bus. What can I get done in that hour? And I know the game well enough that I can find a task I can get done in an hour. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It might just be yeah, well, I'm going to go level up my mace so that i can deal with these skeletons or or, or you know uh, uh make it holy so that i can deal with the undead you know what i mean yeah. like that's that sort of little task-based play suddenly became a way i was playing the game which i hadn't previously yeah. ever the, the structure of the sprints. game really works that yes. way
1: well, well too because the game is is non-linear to a degree that you do have a lot of freedom of what you can tackle yes at any given moment and you can kind of fit it to the time constraints that you have yes uh which totally. is a really neat thing totally um yeah i uh so, you know, thinking about, you know, Sekiro and, and, and Bloodborne, this kind of lineage that we have, uh, Elden Ring, we're, Elden we're in Ring. the Elden Ring uh, season, we're eagerly awaiting a release date for the DLC, um, it made more money than anyone ever expected, <sighs> yes. uh, wildly successful, huge breakthrough hit.
2: Which was uh, like, I'm sure you talked about this to death, right? But like, as people who were, who were at the forefront of Souls games, right, who've been studying them and talking about them for a long time. How did that hit for for y'all? As like, did you expect? How did you feel about it when it did as well as it did?
1: Um, yeah, that that's a great uh, great question. It, so uh, I can I don't don't want to speak for you, Cole. Okay. Um, for for me, uh, I felt good about it because it felt like, um, so I I I'm pretty cool on Sekiro. I didn't didn't like Sekiro as much. Sure. Uh, in part because it didn't feel as expressive to play.
2: Um, uh-huh. I didn't have as many options. You don't have builds. And, you don't have... Yeah, totally. Yes, and th-
1: that, that's the thing I really value in these games. Yeah, I
2: was just so, talking about this on Abnormal Mapping. I did a Final Fantasy 16 episode, mm-hmm. uh, and I was talking about how much I value games like, like the Souls games for their expressivity in, yeah. in things like build. And even if the moment-to-moment combat, um, uh, Jackson, who's a co-host over there, was saying, like, even though I only have three or four or, you know, whatever, eight swings with a sword getting to that moment and choosing that sword and 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 yes. how i'm interacting with the world has all of this expressivity
1: what mm-hmm. what the what the the thing that i felt elden ring the, the, i'll come back to your original question but the thing i elden ring did was it uh put a lot of the decision making before combat again
2: yes yeah. um
1: and i was really happy the company was rewarded for that because i felt like the Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro kind of trajectory was towards more limited options and more uh, right. Twitch-based kind of character action stuff, mm-hmm. which is good for what it is, but it's just not for it's not my preference, right? Right. So okay. I was very happy that it got had this breakthrough because it's a company I like, it's a company I want to do well. Um, I think that even despite their success, they're still making games that are unlike other people. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted them to be rewarded for going in a direction I liked. Yep. You yeah. know, which which is a, kind of an artless response. It just means no, more but... treats for Gary, but it, <laughs> it, it is what I
2: but, but listen, listen, listen. You're allowed that as long as you're upfront about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're yeah. Not, I'd so much rather you say that than come up with some BS reason for why that's good actually for the industry or something. Which yeah. <laughs> some people will do, though. Like, come push them to shove. They're like, well, here's why it's like, this is how yeah. I win is so much more honest than uh-huh. it's. A, it it's a huge
1: uh, uh, just like side marker of people having to attach moral weight to everything they like yeah. Oh, yeah. you know it, it's oh, another yes. version of that like yep. what i like cannot just be my preference it has to be morally correct Good.
0: it has to be yeah. the right yeah. thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't just have a selfish valence to exactly. it exactly yeah.
2: well and it's funny cuz like for me uh, sekiro i i'm like i think you and i pretty much align on terms of like what we like from these games and the fact that sekiro rates so high for me is sort of like when you don't like a genre, but then you list what your top 10 albums are, like a music genre, and, like, one of the albums in that top 10 is from the genre you say yeah. you don't like. Yeah, like, I, don't like yeah. I don't like Westerns, but The Searchers is one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but wait, you don't like Westerns? I like, yeah, but, like, the like it's just – it just hits. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of how I feel about about Sekiro, where like, I'm not as much of a character action person. It's definitely more of a character action game. Mm-hmm. But it the rhythm got in me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, I, I felt the way that combat worked rewarded me in a way. In some ways, it reminds me of a game like um, there was a, a platformer called Grow Home uh, uh, yeah. that I reviewed for GameSpot about a decade ago now. That and I'm not a big 3D platformer person, but that hit for me in a way that other things didn't um uh it had a like very like um physics-y control scheme um and and you're kind of like climbing all over the thing all over the place it felt very expressive in that way and it was actually the thing with Sekiro was like it gave me what I would like to have gotten from things like Devil May Cry that mm-hmm. have never hit for me um and I, those games seem fine like I think if you love those games awesome I'm glad that they work for you they've never really worked for me and Sekiro was like oh I get to have a little bit of the character action from yeah. the other people have because the <laughs> rhythm was right for me but yeah. I was also happy to see that Elden Ring found a huge audience because it, it confirmed, hey, this, there are people out there who will learn how this works. Don't be afraid of giving people an experience like this. And, and that's like a really broad category, right? Like um, things that are difficult or things that ask them to learn about a world or things that ask them to come to understand a bunch of different interlocking systems or, or whatever – You know, when you make something that's high quality, it's kind of a resilient thing, Um, and it will it will will find that audience. So, I'm pretty happy about that
0: like i was pleasantly surprised that elden ring broke out as yeah. as well as it did uh you know especially because i had not like paid too much attention to it pre-release mm-hmm. but like once i got it in my hands and saw like the shape of it and kind of like just felt how it was it was like i i don't know it, it it's it stands to reason a little bit so like <laughs> yeah. k- k- kind of the way that um sekiro uh, kind of uh, appealed to you even though you're not really a uh, a character action person but it appealed because it shaded souls like yeah. you know rhythm yeah. into character action kind of thing picture people who are not necessarily souls born people um who uh got into elden rain because they shaded I, I mean, to me, a better version of open world uh, right. kind of stuff, you right. know, Skyrim kind of appeal. Which is like it. huge yeah.
2: appeal, the dominant form of the AAA game in the last yeah. decade. Right? Yeah. People are familiar with it, are comfortable, are, are comfortable with it. And they got to see a version of it that is more, you know, it, it is the Skyrim version of it, which is like, eh, I don't want to be over here right now. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, let's say, like the GTA version where it's like there are six missions that you can go to at a time and yeah. and i think that the the el- or the that kind of completely open ended version maybe works better for something like um for you know completely open ended is all, is probably an overstatement you know i think elden ring is probably much more shaped like new vegas or something where there is a yeah. lot of soft guidance towards yeah uh, mm. the right set of paths but you can you can feel like I'm gonna not do this right now. I'm gonna come back later, mm-hmm. and that helps a lot for people.
1: It, it yeah. interfaces so interestingly with, with uh, difficulty in yeah. the game. You know, yep. so if, if things were putting, uh, if these esoteric systems uh, were putting people off, you know, other thing is that challenge. And in the marketing of Elden Ring, something I noticed was that it felt like they had dialed back tons on the like, you know, I don't, I don't need to have a girlfriend dark souls fucks me every day t-shirt <laughs> shit. 100. You know? yes, like t-shirt they, they're not really Thank doing that God. embarrassing yeah. gamer trash yeah. uh, about this uh and it, it's this is a way of onboarding people onto these things because i don't necessarily think and I, i'd be curious if you agree that elden ring is appreciably actually like these bosses are easier than a lot of these other bosses. You just have more forms of approach and more things you can do.
2: Listen, like, I think that the early bosses, if you've never played this before, the way that oh, yeah. like, attack timing <laughs> gets played <laughs> with is absolutely as hard as any early bosses and maybe harder for any of the Souls games. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, uh, the first time you fight Market, God, it's been so long. Yeah. It's been, yeah, is yeah. that right? And, yeah. and you get, you know, it's, it's, it's a meme at this point, but like those like held attacks is again you're trusting your audience not to call bullshit on that and quit the game at that moment but yeah. look how many people have done it it's it's wild like yeah there is something about the way this game is made that i think a lot of people go yeah i can get it i can get it mm-hmm. i can I, mm-hmm. I almost got it that time mm-hmm. and and I, I you're right that i don't think the actual bosses are any easier but i do think that that ability to bounce off of market and be like i'll come back i'm gonna they, go do more caves i'm gonna go it, just it's so canny like, they yeah, give you no. that whole
1: peninsula that is entirely for that. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Here, here's oh. tutorial two. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> peninsula. Go down and check that out.
2: Go check that out. It's not. Yeah. It's not the way forward, but it's about – and it's about as hard as the stuff is up here. So you can just go feel it out. And by the way – you'll get more abilities and more tools and stuff but mostly you'll get the dodge timing down a little bit better because yep. you'll mm-hmm. have more experience you'll fe- you'll feel through the menus a little bit more you'll yeah. get a sense of who your character is as a build you know where do you want to put those points maybe you know and
1: and the the first uh you know boss in that area that you're likely to find as part of a major landmark outside of a cave yep. that little guy down there in the castle is also a melee focused aggressive yeah, mm-hmm. boss similar to 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 market, you know, with with yeah. fewer fewer range attacks but kind of a similar thing like yep. th- yeah. it's really canny the way they do that
0: yeah aggressive in a small in a small arena that uh a begotten there i yes. mean like i mean from a narrative point of view too like okay bounce and go down to weeping peninsula where like nothing is hugely consequential mm-hmm. but you're going to get a lot of previews of bigger things that are going on yeah the themes yeah.
2: are at work you know yes. yeah. um hey what's going on in this place why are these people fighting each other what yeah. what happened here um, and you start to get some of the most interesting quest lines begin there, right? Because yeah, you yeah. Get the first eyes quest on the way there, right? The um, Hyetta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I... uh, the, and, and and in general, is that also the route where you end up meeting um, the, uh, the the sorcerer trainer? Um, yeah. all uh, yeah. yeah. so on so on the way, the all way, way, way down point, there. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's a good chance that you're going to bump into stuff that starts hinting at what the world is. Is and how people are reacting to this crisis, um, and just in general, like you get a taste for for what's to come in a bunch of different ways that I think are, are really rewarding. So, yeah. yeah, that's a great bit, and I think in general, this is also just part of the strategy for the whole game is um, sort of like letting the line out a little bit more uh, to give you more lore or more line to play with, you know, to lure you in. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I think about something, and I mean that both both narratively, mechanically, spatially um i think about the the fact that you know i i just played through dark souls 1 right on on switch like i'd mentioned right you know basically right before this or you know within the year prior uh, and thinking about okay what are the um what are the 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 how am i going to level up my weapons right how am i going to infuse my weapons and mm-hmm. the the idea is just like oh yeah, yeah yeah you can just like infuse your weapon whenever and um, at oh, a bonfire and yeah. this you just try it out just try it out is mm-hmm. such a relief and that's for me who understands how infusions work. Me mm-hmm. who yeah. understands what, what raw means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for even like, I, you know, um, Patrick who I used to work with at Waypoint. Now, again, it's at Remap. Um, is someone who like, you know, maybe the, I, he streamed through Dark Souls 1 for Giant Bomb back in the day. And I think, you know, the chat was like, oh, you should go down the pyromancy route and you should you take this axe you know it's like that build right like okay you yeah, should infuse yeah. this axe with this but but beyond that i don't think has ever really engaged with infusion in these games despite having played all of them mm-hmm. um uh, because it's such a scary thing and that's i think a lot of players do that it's the same thing of like it's an extended version of i have 99 potions at the end of the game because i don't want to spend <laughs> any of my potions where it's like i only have so much i'll, I'll level it up I'll, I'll put the shards in and, and make it go from one to ten but i don't want to risk making it magic if I don't understand how that will inter, inter you know how that will actually play yeah. out in terms of yeah. damage, and here you just go try it out, just go mm-hmm, try yep. it out for a little bit.
1: It, you know? it does so much work, like they uh, the whetstone system, like doing that. It also yes. gives you a meaningful reward,
2: yeah. uh, a
1: meaningful thematic reward. It does a thing that is one of my favorite things. That I think from Soft is as good, if not better, than most devs at, which is having an item do multiple bits of work. So, right. like, you can go get the you know this specific whetstone. The whetstone is related to the place you found it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's telling yep. you something about where it's located. Um, it's also a meaningful gameplay reward for overcoming a challenge. You got to this hard to reach place uh, and got this thing, and then it also allows you more expressive play for the next area you go into. Mm-hmm. It's doing so much with so little, uh, in a, a really fascinating way.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the stuff that's just like. You know, getting to Leyendell for the first time, getting like the the, I'm sure you've had these conversations a million times. Right. But like the transporting chests that give you that put you in places that you are not ready to be in yet, but (laughs) which um, you kind of want to be in once you get the taste, you know? Yeah. Um, These stupid big bugs. They're crushing me with what I will learn to become a rot thread. One of the, the the best abilities to bring into the final boss battle for me personally. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna get through this stupid cave. I'm gonna find out where I am. Oh my god! Oh my mm-hmm, god! This mm-hmm.
0: is am where I, I am. Am I on a different planet? Yeah, no, 100%. actually, the map just got bigger, and the I am um... <laughs>
2: bigger. Yeah. It, yeah, the way the map unfold, uh, yeah. This is the thing, right? It's like I, I again. I'm sure you had a lot of these like general conversations about Elden Ring because of the way you're doing the season, but all that stuff is just true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, all that stuff does just work.
1: It's undeniably cool. Uh, yeah. it, hard to argue with,
2: yeah. yeah. And again, uh, I, is is a nice thing to know works for a general or a more general audience than the niche audience. that I think a lot of people convinced themselves that these games were fundamentally for. You know, yeah. like people like fantasy fiction. People mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones, and obviously there's the obvious George R. R. Martin, like direct George R. R. Martin connection. But even beyond that, people like metal music and the <laughs> art that goes on metal covers. People like RPGs. People like mm-hmm. action games. Like this stuff isn't. <laughs> you know, I know that sometimes there's joy in drawing the boundary around a thing and saying, "I have stumbled into being the sort of person." for whom this is this is juicy goodness but also it's good to remember that like we're part of a collective whole of humanity that actually Mm -hmm. shares a bunch of tastes and that like the taste of that motherfucker has beaten me into the ground 10 times i'm Going to to figure out how to win this fight is actually a really widely pretty universal,
1: enjoy yeah, like <laughs> universal. Yeah,
2: I like yeah. to get better at the stuff that I do. I like to look at really pretty things. I like to look at colors. Like mm-hmm. I like to arrive in the northwest. What's the name of the region in the northwest? That's the like uh, uh, Mount Gelmir uh, the, uh, oh, before uh, that uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The Atone. Yeah, uh, Altus.
2: Altus, the Altus Plateau, which which. Oh, the way I got there the first time, um, I went the back, what I guess is the back route, the caves, the mine.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. the, the went up cowards the, the Coward's Path. It's called
2: the Coward's yeah. Path, which I got there at the end of a night of playing. It was like 3 or 4 a.m. And I was like, I'll just do this little mine. I've done a bunch of these mines before. Let me just go in, clear out the mine. I'll fight whatever stupid boss is at the bottom. I'll get a weapon I probably won't use, but like I think will be cool. Who knows? And then an hour later, you know, the queen mother <laughs> of the bat women is yelling at me. And I'm trying to figure out how to get past and without falling off and without being overwhelmed and which summon should I bring into this. And Okay, and then you get past that, and then like yeah, you have to fight the big lizard, the the fire lizard, which there are maybe one or two too many of as bosses in the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that was I I don't I don't care I do you know what I do not care you I know that that's a popular talking point it doesn't hit me like that you know
1: sometimes it feels like people are searching for a thing.
2: Know, sometimes with that with that
1: uh we talking point, because where
2: People run the same raids and MMOs every week. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why mm-hmm. am I going to complain about That's having video the same games bo- That's in, video in games. some ways? And and okay. yeah. I, I also think uh the
1: the point you're making earlier about this being a more universal experience and appealing to a lot of people. Um a lot of times when something is not doing that, it can feel a little bit like artificial. Yeah. You know, uh like the a lot of these elements were Uh, present in previous games they were just obfuscated just slightly and there's a feeling a little bit to me that elden ring is from soft maybe understanding that like there's not as much value in obfuscation for obfuscation's sake Mm -hmm. you know we we can uh we can embrace this kind of universality universe i don't know if that's the right word but you know this this kind of universalness of this Mm -hmm. uh on their end and on the fan end
0: yeah you know which is nice But it doesn't feel too compromised because you still have things like Ronnie's quest um, where like whole swaths of the map are optional. Right. Mm -hmm. But they just give you a little bit of a nudge by having a quest giver, you know, send you that way by giving you, by giving you a crew to rock with. Right. And it still feels like you have stumbled into, you know, optional areas, painted world, et cetera. Right.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Or the, um, what are, the, what are the brothers, Um, the 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 Belmont brothers? They're not actually the Belmont brothers. <laughs> oh, uh, the
1: Dialos and... Uh, Dialos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, no, D... Uh, yeah, there's Dialos, no, and then there's D and D's brother. Yeah,
2: not yes. D and D's brother. Dialos and whoever Dialos' brother is who uh, you kill for Gino, the volcano. G- yeah, Juno Haslow. Yeah, yeah, the Haslos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just right. like a great little story that I almost completely missed because... The person he tells you to go find in uh Lyernia, is that right, Liernia, the, oh, the Yeah, he talks about his servant <laughs> his who just yeah, servant. disappears. <laughs> yeah. And like just run away. I don't know, yeah. was, like yeah. I don't I like just had the map is big, right? You know what I mean? I just didn't I took me eighty hours to eventually go find her. And then thankfully I got to finish that arc, which of course wraps back into Jartown and and or Jarville or Jar Burg, Jarburg. Um mm. uh and and that whole arc. Um and uh, it, it's so that's the type of obfuscation i'm really happy with because it means that you do feel rewarded when you when you find stuff but core stuff doesn't need to be obfuscated in mm-hmm. for fear of scaring people away you know yeah yeah um, it's, it's, anyway, so it's i a finished real, going kinda... up that mine and i see the autumnal stuff and i just like colors do you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. of course the lancia lancio lanciax the dragon showed up and uh, oh yeah, yeah instantly killed me um <laughs> but it was still a beautiful moment
1: yeah, it's yeah. A, the uh, it's a, I I love this this kind of democratization of of from soft <laughs> of souls uh, things. Speaking, kind of uh, moving a little bit into uh, kind of narrative stuff, yes. you know, which we were talking about a little bit of how it how it tells the narrative, but in the narrative in itself, what are your kind of major takeaways in terms of what this game does differently? to get that across and yeah. what it's maybe saying differently than you know because FromSoft is a company uh that has a lot of repeated <laughs> themes right um they have some pet pet issues yeah i think mm-hmm. that's you know?
2: 100% true i mean i i it you have to laugh when you look at the upcoming armored core stuff where it's just like oh yeah 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 i yeah i know dark souls this is it's oh, yeah. pretzels oh, is the same there's five you know, yeah, pretzels and cinders what is yeah, yeah, the segment <laughs> yeah you know, like, what is this segment but the the um uh there is a difference i find in elden Ring. like i i think one of my favorite things about this game is how it encounters the same it begins at the same dilemma right which is like hmm, the old the world the way the world has been not so good what do we do about this right uh we're in a Mm -hmm. moment of of crisis and decline what is the response and and this is a broad generalization but generally speaking the souls games have said either we restart the clock and and sustain ourselves while while resigning ourselves to the mediocrity of hierarchical living or of continuing to live in a system we know is doomed to fail again or we step into a world of chaos and danger and darkness and there's there's variation there but that's Mm -hmm. generally the vibe right Mm -hmm. uh bloodborne i think changes that a little bit Um, um there are some other opportunities there oh wow what if we what if i leaned in all of the way and became a squid right what if we <laughs> yeah. that, that that texturally is different than lord of darkness type endings right yeah but what i love about Elden ring is there are six endings i mean i know that three of three or four of them are just the same ending with color shaders and different dialogue <laughs> and tonally a little bit different um uh but there is much more variety in how do i want to remake the world What is the core thing that must change here? I mean, even the the versions of it that are about restoring what came before, or I guess you could say, Golden Masks, which is about you know going kind of cutting out the intermediary between the Mm -hmm. between the world and and the I guess the Elton Beast or the guy. I forget who is who is Golden Masks standing in for here? The the greater will. The greater Uh, will. Thank you. Yes.
0: Yeah, just fulfilling uh, a truer
2: version of the promise. But even that yeah. is a change, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so much more interested in a version of this story that is not just we're stuck in this eternal recursion, which I like a lot. But I think it's been done to death, and I think it's been done really well by their previous games. I mean, I, I thought Dark Souls Two did it really well, which is why when Dark Souls Three did it again, I was kind of like, kind of <laughs> did the best version of this. In that yeah. last game, we got we got vendrick walking in circles. You're not going to get better than that. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's going to be. I'm really hard pressed. So coming to this, I kind of expected we would just get that again, and instead we got these kind of different. And they're not even always ideologically opposed. It's just that the rot eater. I mean, the rot eater is kind of ideologically opposed to everybody, but even the rot eater. And and his vision of bringing everyone down into suffering and grossness with him and vileness is different than uh, what is the flame burn it all down gods and name? the frenzied
1: flame, the frenzied yeah, flame,
2: yeah. and those are different positions fundamentally, yeah. right? Um, and 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 that is different than uh the the death, you know, the death cult one. Uh, who's got I truly should have just played this Do game. You know, the for eater, hours.
1: The, 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 the no, not
2: not no, 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 oh, the Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. These are all different perspectives on how the world might be remade. Here are things we mm. want to change about it. And I think that that's just a much more interesting space. My one complaint is that Volcano Manor doesn't get to have a, a chance. <laughs> yeah. to, to be in the endings. This is my like my my little pet thing is the first time you roll in there, and what is um what is her name? Like uh, to t- tannis, yeah. tannis, Tannis, with t- her,
0: Tannis, rather tannis.
2: tannis, with her big bodyguard uh standing next to her, the Crucible Knight next to her, which is just like an all time image. Mm-hmm. Um, but her laying out to you that like the point of what this faction is is have y'all played a souls game before they want us to go out there and stab each other in the back and get stronger to repair the system that's broken that's Mm -hmm. bullshit that's evil that's terrible so here's what we're going to go do Go stab people in the back who are <laughs> trying to complete this game, who are trying like not literally, because it's not a it's not a PvP faction, right? There's no Yeah, PvP but, but who are
1: narratively going for the Elden Ring exactly. to, to yeah. restore yes. the order. Yeah. And Great not, heroes. For
2: the, yeah. not for the reason that Gideon wants to stop you at the end, right? Not mm-hmm. because of investment in the order, but because the entire thing is such a cynical nightmare to be part of. Um love that and, and maybe in that way it's yeah. important that the, they don't the, have an ending on their own.
1: The, the ending for that is to Turning off the game.
2: You're right. Like the ending yes. for that is you don't. You complete a, the mission set, and then you turn off the game, and you go, "Yeah, that's it. Yeah, walk away. Yep. Yeah,
1: my elden uh-huh. ring never. I'm not playing your game.
2: You <laughs> <Exactly. know? laughs> yeah. I
0: reject you. I will not the, be grist for your mill. Exactly.
2: The,
1: the idea that like one sixth of the endings are status quo as opposed to half of the endings. This is exactly which how. is. the yeah you know previously like the idea and with that comes a lot of like player empowerment over that that narrative like there's a sense of inevitability that is in all of the other games i feel like yeah. which is what you know dark souls 2 endings did was like you know if you choose the age of light if you choose the age of dark these are cycles though uh it's going to come around so that's why you know pre-scholar dark souls 2 the ending was the same yeah you know you you sit on the throne whatever you want to have happens happens you didn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't
2: matter. You know, you know? it doesn't yeah. matter,
1: and that's why the Aldia ending is so awesome because it's like, what if you didn't yeah. play the game? What if you walked mm-hmm. away and did a third way option? Um, mm-hmm. The uh, this is saying, well, okay, let's allow for that. You know, yep. here are a bunch of different and, alternatives to that,
2: and let's let's dig into it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. What are, yeah. what are those alternatives actually like? Um, so that's one thing about the narrative for me. The other big thing is just more material, which is you can so tell that they had. And again, I'm not a big George R.R. Martin fan. I'm not like a Game of Thrones guy. I, I sometimes think I should become one, right? And I lots of caveats, right? But um, you can tell that they had the material and that the plane wasn't being flown in the air in the same way. And I don't mean that yeah. they like implemented what he wrote because I'm so certain what they did was take this big backstory about all these families and all this lineage and these gods and then turn them on their head in really unique ways, right? Yeah. I, that is, They've talked about what that process was like, right? That he wrote a bunch of background material and historical material that then they jumped way into the future timeline about, right? Um, but there is something so different about learning about the school in, in Uh Again, is that the right name for yes, place? Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ray Licaria. Uh, Ray the Licuria, Academy, yeah. thank you. And then going there and it being real, all right? Getting a <laughs> spell that says Ray Licaria, and you go to Ray Licaria, and be, by the way, before you get there, you meet a guy who dropped out or who kind of failed, flunked out, and oh, can we get him back in somehow? Oh no, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do for him. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, uh, that that sense of the places in the game or in the game um, hits in a different way than learning about Isolith and then realizing later that like, they kind of had to invent a lot of that to fill in what the game design required and they did a great job of doing that in the most evocative and cool way they could um Mm -hmm. but but and and i think that it contributes to some of the ethereal nature of those games the sense that there are distant places um uh, and, and obviously there's some stuff that does still have that right i think in dark souls mm-hmm. 1 you're thinking about on orlando a lot and then you get there and that's a, a big incredible yeah. moment but all of elden ring is like there's a lot you know, more of that there's yeah. a lot yeah. more of it and i think that that is yeah. um you know as someone whose job is to write video games and do world building i hope that that lesson is learned by more developers that like having that stuff ahead of time lets oh, yeah. you make a game that feels like, um, vivid, uh, and it, it lets you tease stuff in a more naturalistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the world is flourishing, even though I mean, this is a world on the brink of utter, you know, uh, catastrophe permanently. It feels way more
1: alive than previous, it feels yeah. way more alive, Games yeah, Dine, yeah,
2: yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't still have wild, weird stuff that no one expects, like the oh, witches yeah. dancing on the hills, you know, or the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the,
0: yeah, the Midsummer Village, whole, the Midsummer yeah.
2: Village, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like. It's, Go ahead, oh, Cole. oh it's i mean it's it's na- it's na- narrative detail and uh, just for lack of a better word lore as uh not as like spackle or filigree right. yes. but as like actual like lattice or structure or yes. even like scaffolding
1: right exactly yeah yeah, yeah.
0: it's, I mean, it's like, a very similar
1: mur- version to what we were talking about gameplay wise where you have your um you know you're hidden things your uh, painted world things and then the things that you're actually on the path of you have your Ani's quest and you have your main quest thing it is a real um all things to all people approach yes. to that yeah. like you can do the clearly shown their work foreshadowing world building and then you can also have the left turns Yes. uh there's 100%. no reason not to have both it's the porqué no los oh. of games <laughs> well, they, and they both make
0: each other better because like you yeah know, oh there's a bunch of foreshadowing here when something surprises you uh like that amplifies it 100%. Oh, yeah and also by like, contrast yeah.
2: you can be really vague about something uh the the one for me there is the frenzied flame merchants the nomadic merchant mm-hmm. like <laughs> moment of being like hey w- hey y'all are off y'all are here what are you doing here? Oh, this puts a lot of stuff into perspective for me. Now I understand oh. some of those things that you were saying for the last thirty yeah. hours while I was bumping into you in very strange places.
0: Oh wait, America uh. sucks.
2: <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I mean, and I think that that's yeah. The cool. I think that the God stuff is so good, and I think that the stuff in Dark Souls, you know, I, the 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 stuff in in Souls has been schematically good. But not necessarily good as dialogue or good as you know the 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 Guineverse the the family like that that <laughs> kind of tr- that that sort of um celestial body that that uh, pantheon is interesting. I think there's really cool stuff to to write about all of them and to think about all of them and um you know Gwendolyn and, and Guinevere like okay what's all, what's going on with these characters um I don't think any of it holds a candle to the weird machinations of Radagon and America and Ronnie and, and the, the um, you know, the whatever the clash between the various demigods is called from, you know, the, kind of the moment before the game begins. Yeah. The moment, but the years before the, you know, the, the war between. Shattering. Uh, the, shattering, the shattering. Yeah, yeah the shattering, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. That stuff is all, I think, really potent and is felt in the world again, right? That like, when you go to Caelid, and it's like, oh, right, this place was ruined because God's fault here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, It didn't used to be like this, and you can get that sense of it. And that's not to say yeah. that there isn't stuff that feels like it's dead-ended or like it didn't again like part of me feels like the volcano manor stuff feels unfinished even though it's some of my favorite stuff um um, but but and obviously there's dlc coming to fill in some of these gaps around uh some of the 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 lesser the the maybe stuff that's a little unclear still about um what is the uh, michaela michaela is that right Michaela. Michaela, not michaela uh yeah michela and so like you know it's not it's not that, that having all that material meant that they were perfect or complete um it's never a complete work but like i think that having all of that allowed them to make so much more stuff feel tied together and real um in terms yeah. of narrative design so yeah great yeah agree so you get a horse and you can jump and like I, mm-hmm. you know i am i am i am a simple man i like simple
1: stone i like I a got goat horse who can do a little jump
2: it makes the little sleigh bell yeah, isn't it a pain it, to to? Did I never engage with healing it because I don't want to put it on a? Oh yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. No, I, no, I would
1: die see. before giving my pet a Roa Berry, <laughs>
2: but I still love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah,
1: I'm not put on this earth to serve to. But I,
2: you know, counter argument to to not counter argument, but like meanwhile, the summon system, not the the NPC summon system, the the um, ashes spirit summons, uh, yeah, the yeah, spirits, yeah. The spirit summons, Um things like uh, I rushed. What, what's the stat that lets you summon them, uh, the more powerful ones?
1: Um, yeah, it's a mind, like it, it's mind. it usually yeah, does. It's yeah, those. usually takes MP. Yeah, yeah, so. it's I mean, MP, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what it was.
2: It's a yeah. high MP because because um, I found Luutel the Headless. Yes. I want to say yeah. Yeah. fairly yeah. early, <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. she seems oh. sick.
0: Oh, I'm you gonna... went you, <laughs> you went down the hard hero's yeah. grave uh, Oh yeah. again.
2: Though
1: no, no, Lutell is down in uh, Weeping Peninsula. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah they, right. they get yes. they give you uh, Lutell really early, which is another thing that makes Weeping Peninsula amazing because yes. yeah. they and give and so you a I thing like, to work for gonna,
2: which is also the same thing they do at the the leonine uh whatever boss right so you get that mm-hmm. six sword it's like i can't use yes. this but i yep. can start building towards it right yeah um and i think that's that's part of why weaving peninsula is so good right it, we already said this is like it gives you that preview and it leaves you with some threads to start following
3: hey yes. i haven't
2: i have a mind or i have an int trainer who's going to give me more spells so i can start building towards that i have this i have that i have this um, I think it's that also where you get those, some of the gravity stuff is down there is that right I, I mean you, else
0: you get a preview like is get that meteor field up on one of those peninsulas yes, over to the uh, over to the east yeah is yeah
2: what it is. Um, uh, but yeah so like uh, I rush Lutel I rush mind to, to be able to summon Lutel who is like not a great summon by the end of the game, but in the early and mid game is a beast. And I have videos of her absolutely saving me from disastrous situations, left and right, tanking. She's a really good tank summon. Um, Mm -hmm. And and whatever, whatever I wanted from the... The horse, uh, whatever was missing from that from Torrent, uh, mm-hmm. I found with with the the spirit summon stuff. You know, picking yeah. which ones I liked, thinking about different builds for them—not builds for them, but thinking about how I would, w- which ones I would want depending on where my build was at at, at various points of the game. You know,
1: it's yeah, it's a it's our brilliant addition uh, yeah. to the game. I think yeah. um, I love being able to supplement my own build. Yeah, uh, you know, 100%. it's 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 a sea change similar to like like dragon quest one to dragon quest two adding party members mm-hmm. yeah. you know you start start thinking about what can supplement your yeah. your character as opposed well, to just thinking of a, a pc
2: people know this for me i'm a i'm a big dragon's dogma person mm-hmm. um, and dragon's dogma's whole thing that whole thing but a huge part of it is the pawn system which is about these npcs that are party members that kind of develop uh quirks and different player playing habits um uh your primary one is modeled after you um mm-hmm. what you do. So like if you're the one who's always like looting things in the middle of combat, they'll start doing that too. <laughs> um and you'll be punished for your your laziness mm-hmm. and your poor role model ship. Um, uh, and so having that style of like who do I want to bring with me into this one is something I was preconditioned to like, you know? Yeah. Um and, and leveling them up and and thinking about that. And truly um tish saved me in the final fight i i had you know i just could not get the Elden beast down um uh i my final build was like um i kind of went i kind of the, the arc for me the arc for me was heavy with role play i very much started as the what's the um the holy what are the two classes at the beginning? There's an assassin. Remember? like a, I think yeah. that's the one the I clerical went with. The clerical assassin, and slur- then just yeah. the,
1: uh, the priest, I think. Yeah. With the Inquisitor, I went
2: with the, yeah. Yeah, I went with the clerical... Yeah, yeah, the Inquisitor. Um, did that for a long time. Started down the Ronnie path, switched to doing... you know, I, And found Moonvale, which moon veil i oh, yeah. what do you what do you say uh um. <laughs> they they haven't nerfed it so they want it to be that good right that's exactly uh, it right <laughs> if they want it, if they if they wanted it to be worse it would be worse by now and i know they nerfed it a little bit but like moon is still moon veil they knew they were creating the next generation of the moonlight great sword right like they knew that they were trying to like they had to right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so I played that for a long time to the degree that I was like, I have to stop playing this. It's too good. I'm yeah. I'm I'm having a lot of fun, but it's not the sort of fun I want to have. Um uh so I ended up changing that build, and this is towards the the this is like my final third of the game. I was like, what do I want to do? I think I'll go but blood. Also, I had finished the selling quest line and I was like, you know oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get off this magic train. Um <laughs> I see where it goes, I see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with the stars anymore. That seems like A little bit bad. of an eye-opener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might say. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I was like, I'll try blood. And they hadn't fixed the blood weapon stuff yet, right, with the dual stat scaling, um, mm-hmm. where uh, it's arcane, uh, right? Yes. Where it's like the arcane yeah. wasn't counting towards the weapon scaling at that time. But I was like, well, there are some weapons that work because it's single stat scaling, um and also they're just cool rivers of blood is just a cool weapon and even just raw like leveling it up makes it competitive let me Mm -hmm. do that let me go do some content and see what it is and of course i went to the blood zone but like i didn't know where i was going and so with a blood build i went into what's that guy's name Is uh Mugwin M- Palace, M- M- yes yeah. Yeah. M- yeah and and i did that that section and i beat him and i didn't understand the mechanic either i didn't i just tanked the damage from his like countdown attack yep. um because <laughs> i did can do not it. realize <laughs> you can totally do it and i did it and i beat him and the next day or the day after they patched the weapons oh, <laughs> and so in ah. my mind i just need everyone to know you're welcome
1: I, uh, I became
2: the new Lord of Blood, and I changed how weapons, how the blood weapons work. Um, and instantly that build just worked then. You know what I mean? I was just yeah, like yeah. super competitive. Rivers of Blood is extremely powerful with that build. Um, and I played that through the, the end of the game, except it was not good against the elden beast and so what i ended up doing is bringing in going back to the um one of the early curved great swords that you get from one of the the jails um, mm-hmm. oh the the bloodhound one the bloodhound Blood one which has that great dash back dash forward which mm-hmm. i played hours of that game without knowing there was a second attack on it oh, yeah. the, the dash forward like follow-up hit um uh, so i went to that and i went to rot threads which procs a bunch on elden beast because it passes such a big body and even mm-hmm. then i couldn't quite get it and then I have footage of Tish saving my life. Um, it's going into a, another damage phase. And Tish shows up and shoots the like, you know, whatever big wave, the sonic boom, the evil sonic boom into yeah. the air and catches it just as it's entering its damage phase from across the map. Like Hail Mary shot, saves my life. And it's like, yep, it was worth them investing in the spirit ashes. It was worth it. Was worth them putting that system in for that moment for me because it felt unlike a moment I'd had yet in in a Souls game before, right? There's some, there's summons, there's NPC summons, but there's not the sort of summons that have unique animations the way that mm-hmm. this character had. And it, and can, you know, this is one of this is uh, uh, someone who kills gods. I'm summoning yeah, the yeah. spirit of a god oh, killer. You oh know? yeah,
0: no, you're, so, there's nobody she, better to she, tag she, in for that fight. Exactly, uh, she, she's finishing the job.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. She should uh, have done this years ago. <laughs> she's she's been off in Alaska story. doing mushers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. exactly. and I finally brought her back I brought her back I, yeah, yeah. for one more job yeah that's her story I'm actually a bit I'm a footnote in her story you know oh, yeah. if you don't read the book <laughs> yeah. about her yeah, you freed her from mentions, jail Yeah, exactly. yeah did a
1: jailbreak to, to free the god killer <laughs> and, and put her uh, to work yeah. Yeah. God, I, kind of good yeah it, it is fun to talk about and it begets playing it in a dangerous yeah. way like yeah I, i'm you know in my third playthrough which i'm doing to get ready for the dlc and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do that tonight mm-hmm. uh just to just kind of wrap things up on like kind of light light note uh rapid fire uh you know favorite uh favorite boss uh favorite zone of it
2: favorite boss favorite zone just, just your gut Let's go with the guy. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. This <laughs> is no, well, it's, it's actually hard. I, I'm gonna look at a list of zones. Can I just look at a list, list of zones really yes. quick? Because oh, I, yes. I, it's just been so long. Uh, uh, it's just been so long uh, that I need to see that. Okay, I have I have a list of zones. Um, I think getting to Layendale, thats the capital, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Getting there and being like, this feels like a city. They've never made a city that feels like a city like this before. Yeah. Um, the street layouts, the tiers, when you get down into it and you're like, oh, there's like districts to this place. Yep. <laughs> um, and there are alleyways and there are and it's still a, a Souls level, you know, but like it felt more like a city to me than anything had previously felt. So I think that's my <clears throat> that's my go to on that. And then bosses. Jesus, there's so there's so many. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Malakath because mm. i tend to be someone who can put together the big twists in things uh i did not i did not put it together that that he was the the but- beast God, we'll yeah, grunk, g- yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I did, and I was like, "No, you're my boy." I thought I wasn't going to have to fight you, <laughs> um, and that fight is also kind of fun and turned out to be like challenging in, in the right way for me. Uh, I ended up really liking that. And then my second, my my uh, follow up to that, or my my um, runner up is the uh, is the Hoslo You have to go kill. Um, oh, uh, for, right yeah, Juno for yeah. Juno for for the volcano that manor because yeah yeah uh
1: yeah
2: i was i had my the the um moon build at that point and it's he was the only thing i couldn't beat with it <laughs> he was <laughs> just tuned perfectly with those dual whips to be yep. just out of range to be just fast enough to outdraw me and that felt so good it felt <laughs> like the game had hard countered me um and i'm sure that there was like some stuff i could have done to i, I would have won that fight eventually you know but yeah. I loved that sense of being like, good, this thing that feels OP still has a weakness. And it's like yeah. someone who can move a little faster and still hit from a long, a long range at me felt fantastic. And also, like, it, he lived up to his reputation. You well, yeah, know I was just I mean? going to say that. It's, yeah. it's so
1: weird because they send you to, to fight all these guys and a lot of them are just, Pops. you know, kind of chumps. Yeah, like yeah. you go through and there's, oh, this legendary guy. And I'm like, this, this legendary guy, <laughs> this guy <laughs> legendary, no. um, the, you know, and, but he's actually the real deal. He's tough. He's the real deal.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah so.
1: Excellent. You know, uh, th- thank you so much for joining us. I uh, remind yeah, me where you. people can, uh, can find you online.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the, the newsletter because I didn't say that earlier. Clockworkworlds.com. Uh, clockwork, like clockwork worlds, like worlds.com. Mm-hmm. That's the place. And I'm going to do a post in the next couple of days, I think, there that's just kind of like, where can you find me in general? That way people can find me in general as they flee Twitter and every other nightmare ship on the internet. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: we're all leaving, leaving X. it's a god i uh, i won't say it's 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 embarrassing it's so embarrassing it's It's so
2: embarrassing i know especially when you read the paypal stuff Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: i i vow this will be the biggest bank in the world this i say (laughs) like cool man yep um yep. cool sephiroth <laughs> um yeah, the, 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 <laughs> like cool vowing wait, wait to bow on twitter yep. um, <laughs> um yeah th- ah. thank you so much austin we really yeah, thank appreciate you. this this has been awesome such a joy to be here
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. uh how many more episodes are you doing for the season do you know uh, can i ask that is that is that yeah, yeah. Uh, secret knowledge uh,
1: it's not secret knowledge, but we don't know exactly how long we're pretty far into it. We don't know exactly yeah. how many episodes the um, the Hallig Tree will be. Right, that's the right. last major area we have before the end game. So we have the the Snowfield and the Hallig Tree. Yes, and there's there's lots of stuff to talk about there. So that there's might lots be lots stuff a to, few to talk about there, and especially yeah.
2: Snowfield, where it's like, All yeah. right, there's stuff I haven't done. There's
1: so much stuff I haven't really? done. There, it's still oh, yeah. big.
2: Yeah. It's big and it seems empty, but it's actually not empty. And I, yeah.
1: I've
0: been real surprised making the outline for that. Like, oh no, I totally did not see this. I did not there, go in this cave. I did not. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's a unique uh rune bear there mm-hmm. that has a different moveset and texture than anyone else, which I did not know.
2: Set. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like has That's a couple wild. different moves. I
1: just found that out from a YouTube. It's one of those mimic ones. It's a uh, a bunch of the nobles are burying a guy in snow. He's, he's up to his waist, <laughs> and the guy they're burying in snow turns into like the hardest rune bear in the game. Uh, so yeah i had no <laughs> yeah. idea yeah um yeah so so no don't know exactly how many and then uh you know, obviously we're waiting for dlc yeah um and then we got some yeah. so there's some mod stuff and, and things like that the the manga there's some stuff we're gonna talk about kind of ancillary wise mm-hmm. yep. uh in the interim
2: soundtrack stuff so,
1: yeah yeah, Ooh, yeah. exciting do a soundtrack exciting to episode.
2: hear that god yeah. that that final track i mean like i am I'm, I'm actually lower on this as a soundtrack than some of the previous games mm-hmm. but uh, the Ratting on fight track, which is the main menu yeah. track. I love that they <laughs> Just, saved that. Yeah. I mean, it's I whew, the first time I hit it. I don't know that I ever oh. popped so hard for yeah, a song it's... in a Souls game. So Go- goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps. yeah,
1: it's excellent, excellent, excellent. What a nice guy! Yeah, yeah. always always floors me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a really really nice, very smart dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, you you can you can listen to him talk about games. Uh, very infectious enthusiasm.
0: Yes. Yeah, um, and we're really uh, grateful that he that uh, that he, that he uh, extended us the time and was so generous with
1: that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. That's yeah. phenomenal. Uh, with the uh, Sekiro Doobie uh episode here or interview um this was through email so we're going to be reading them just imagine our voices whatever their voice is like even though they don't talk on uh generally on youtube so uh yeah. use your imagination yeah uh,
0: you know uh people sometimes wonder uh why we do do, do these this way not every soul's creator puts their uh, voice out there not comfortable yes. being on a microphone and uh they still have insights that we think yeah. are worth sharing, and uh, this one—I I don't know—I was fascinating, fascinated uh, reading this. Uh, basically, sent us like a like a three-page long Google document, like outlining their process uh, and well, stuff. That,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that was the stuff that I was I was trying to aim for in the questions because, uh, you know, earlier when I was talking about us shoring up things we don't know, mm-hmm. like fuck me if I know how to data mine, you no, know, like no. I, I don't know how to get this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is endlessly interesting, yeah. uh, and it is it is so cool to be part of a community where um, there are people who are doing the things that we can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 very uh, communal in a way that I really like.
0: Yeah. And not just doing that themselves, but also like Sekiro Doobie's output is a collaboration a lot of the time, mm-hmm. either through art or through translation. Uh, it is folks working together all the way down and that rules. The Souls yes. community kind of goes through different uh, different movements uh over the mm-hmm. course of different games uh and even over the life life cycle of when one game releases and waiting for the other one um but this is one of the coolest things that has uh, kind of popped up especially around like the technical side
1: yes so yeah. let's uh let's get into it um this is in case you're looking up this person you you should 100% subscribe uh it is spelled uh Sekiro DUBI S E K I R O D U B I i say uh Sekiro DUBI is how mm-hmm. I, I say that. Um, I again, there's there's not a voiced thing, so I mean, no. I'm pretty sure I do yeah. not.
0: Uh just wanna clarify that it's D U B I so so people don't think that we're talking to li- hey man, come on over here. It's oh. the seventies, you know, yeah. like, like the Doobie as in brothers.
1: Like the doobie brothers. <laughs> or Dubai is in the the you know the principal Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, how many people were alive in Sikro Dubai when you arrived? Yeah. <laughs> the uh walker. It's it's uh that's that's not the intent. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I'll I'll go ahead and get us started. Uh, here. yeah. Um, so they started off with kind of uh, giving us a baseline here for illustrative purposes. Yeah. They bring up a, a particular video uh, that we should go and watch, and everyone should watch this for for reference. Yes, um, Saint Trina and the Red-Eyed Merchants. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, we'll we'll kind of summarize it here, but it's worth a watch.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, so, what Secretary Duby had done over the course of a while, and when we get into their actual response, we're going to be talking about the uh, kind of the process uh, involved in arriving at this. But uh, they discovered this long quest line involving Merchant Kale, uh, who you find at that church right outside of the starting area. Um, the one who and, and teaches it's...
1: you how to snap.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh but him and his uh brothers these other merchants uh, and their relationship to the cursed flame uh which is you know we know that we know that they are Mm -hmm. somehow related to the frenzy flame uh what is kind of cut out and obscured not obscured what was present in an alternative timeline (laughs) of a different release of elden ring before they decided to scrap it uh was that saint trina uh, was more foregrounded and was very explicitly uh, related to this, to these people. Uh, St. Mm-hmm. Trina, uh, you know, Dominion over sleep used to sing them a lullaby to quell their
1: madness. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, however, this, this kind of got disturbed because somebody is kind of jostling and exciting the flame. Yeah. You know, making the merchants uh, smudge and blend together. Yeah. Um. So the songs that they play, you know, the merchants all all play that stringed instrument. Mm-hmm. uh, Are played to calm the flame.
0: Yeah. There. Um. I I love that the merchants are s- like smudging and blending together like that because it leans in so heavily on something that is present in other outer god infections. You know, which mm-hmm. is that the god assuming control. Like there's there's some kind of like hive mind going on. Like they're you know their their individual identities are being alighted. Um, yeah. It's such a cool detail.
1: Well, it's really clever too in terms of gameplay stuff because they're all functionally the same and have the same, you know, very similar or the same models.
0: Yeah. yeah. To,
1: you know, having a repeating merchant character and then having a lore reason why they're, uh, you know, kind of becoming an omni character mm-hmm. uh, is cool. Yeah. Uh, so Kale uh, gives over St. Trina's crystal ball, uh, symbol of St. Trina and the cradle song, uh, so we can go into the dreams of everyone, anyone sleeping and capture their dream mist. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And like, it, this is Pokemon, but with dreams.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, A.K.A. Gengar. Mm. Um, you, f- you would find sleeping creatures around the world, use this item, uh, making this kind of bestiary, and then you would sell them to the merchants. Um, your reward would have been a perfume bottle. After selling Mm -hmm. 10 of them. So this is how you used to be able to get uh, perfume bottles. Mm -hmm. And if you started attacking the brothers, they will put together, uh, get together collectively uh, that you are the thief and start fighting you with musical attacks. Yeah. So they would, they would share like a rumor, like a whisper network. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you showed up, they would become hostile generally. Um, This is all real cool shit that Mm -hmm. was originally planned. Uh, So keep that in mind. And then we we asked Sekiro uh, about the process of coming to that.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh the you know, the process, codes and tools kind of you know, that directs them to, you know, which margins to kind of press into. Uh yes. you know, which which yarns to uh, to to pull.
1: Yes. Uh, and so we asked about that. Um, their tools and everything, and they said, and I'll, I'll, we'll pass back and forth. This gives their, their detailed responses. Um, they say, a game like Elden Ring uh, has a lot of systems, each of them with their respective assets. So, for example, there's the game Maps, where NPCs and enemies are placed, along with buildings, objects like bonfires, and so on. Uh, one thing they then didn't, didn't do is use a script uh, that they wrote to scan all the maps and see which entities are unused, or refer to a quest file that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And along with that, and on the converse side, they say, uh, I wrote a script to list all quest files and then compare them uh, to those used in the maps, kind of bring a difference um, on (laughs) uh, related to what's used and what's not. Uh, They continue with this method. I can find which ones are unused. Then I can follow that thread to see where it takes me um same thing with that happens with dialogue once i find unused text then i try to figure out which quest file was using said dialogue trying to understand where and how it was cut and so on
1: yeah so similar to th- this was a really interesting point i really liked uh similar you know, we've oftentimes and since the beginning of the show described the experience of playing these games as archaeology Like Mm -hmm. that's the the metaphor we use. Uh, they say, so the whole process ends up being like an archeology span game trying to unearth things by following whatever data remains in the game files. Uh, for most of it, I ended up writing programs that kind of automate the process of finding what quest files are unused or which dialogue lines. So on, uh, same to reverse the unused dialogue IDs, which are are like random and try to see which dialogue ID they point to. Uh, then again, I also just follow the thread of set ID. Yeah.
0: Um, Uh, And this is great. I just I love them talking about the tools that they make or had Mm -hmm. to make in order to process this data uh, that is very loosely correlated, you know, from the from from the dump, uh, Mm -hmm. because not really a way to do it manually. Like, I don't know, control F. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then i broke out uh they had a long description of how they do this kind of going into the science as they say about how these idea ids work uh since the game does not just like present something and say like hey okay khali's quest line doesn't say like, yeah. oh. and then Kale says it's not presented narratively uh they give this example of uh, a file that is called t um eight hundred ninety-six thousand. OK, uh, and then they identify like what those signifiers are. So like 800 is Kale, the NPC, 90 is a variation on that NPC. And then 6000 is just an identifier for like the whole world. So like when this flag is active, when this file is called, Kali is pr- present somewhere in the world.
1: Yeah, they're reading code. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they use uh, community tools to read the contents of the quest files to see the quest flags that track their actions. So -hmm. the flags place an NPC uh, or an event at a location, you know, such as uh, some coordinates uh, that they would have here. Um, And these are broken out the same way, Um, you know, a, a specific location, a specific event in a specific map. Right. Um and since this flag is in the Kale quest file, that means at some point Kale is at North Eagle Lake yeah. because of of the uh, the location here.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the 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 coordinates that are present and the long string of numbers. So, you know, Kale was not initially you would not find the, find him um at that church. Kale was initially over by the lake uh yes. when you begin this quest. Right. And these nested connections and the correlations between unused dialogue IDs and such um, kind of build out and form this entire puzzle.
1: Yes. Um, And that is the full restoration of this. That whole process is what led to that video we described earlier, um, which, again, everyone should watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, They go on to say, you know, of course, there are more details in the process, uh, but no need to bore everybody. Without a single detail. <laughs> Smiley emoji. Um, yeah. Uh, we then asked uh, about the shift from making a channel about channel challenge runs uh, to focusing on Elden Ring cut content. Uh, what specifically about Elden Ring brought this up? Uh, this is because I've been following this channel for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously focused on challenge runs, uh, but then became one of the leading voices in cut content.
0: Yeah. yeah um so they say, my main interest has always been to quote break the game any game uh, to test the limits of what the engine could do, try to find glitches, skips, or plain ways to be overpowered as early as possible. so in my channel, there used to be a lot of content about that, uh and this is great because in my mind, challenge run content and cut content mm-hmm. um could like they're 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 pretty like diametrically opposed, you know one mm-hmm. feels uh you know about skill and execution and you know a little bit of technical knowledge and the other feels you know more about like interpretation or whatever but like this is kind of a commonality between those that I would not have thought about
1: did not think yeah they're about. all about finding the bounding box yes. like pushing up against the dark to see where the barriers are. Yeah. Uh they go on then the Elden Ring network test came out and it immediately hooked me in. I wanted to know more about Elden Ring since there was almost no official info to go by. Uh, as I kept finding interesting things about Elden Ring, a friend kept telling me you need to actually make videos explaining what you do here because otherwise it's hard to understand those videos out of context mm-hmm. uh, so at one point i found out about the unusual sleep mechanic for Elden ring i got in touch with lance mcdonald and we decided to make a video together about that mechanic trying to restore it and so on i guessed uh then it was about time that i put some sort of effort into actually editing the video like my friend said since lance was going to reference it in his video
3: No, yeah.
0: there you uh, see lance that McDonald, collaboration another
1: yeah another stalwart of this no. uh this specific thing it's current uh you know d- uh quest has been bloodborne f you know 60 fps mm-hmm. and it's gotten that running on uh, emulator and such
0: Nice. Yeah, Uh, they continue. Uh, After that, after working with Lance, uh, uh, I kind of tried to improve my videos step by step. Uh, Still, video production is not my forte, nor something I enjoy, but I keep publishing videos with the hopes that the content itself is interesting enough for the Elden Ring community. Uh, Otherwise, uh, much of those discoveries would die unknown.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they, they go on to say, I am happy that today many of the big Elden Ring channels like VatiVidja, Smotown, and others have showcased their content because uh, their goal has always been that the community gets to see and enjoy the content. Yeah. So, Happened to be a small part of that because I would like exposure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no. And keep doing it because it is, it, it is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We also asked, you know, related to this process and their interest specifically in Elden Ring, if they had any interest in, you know, making videos, kind of doing something similar with previous from games. Um, And they say regarding previous games, I'm not interested in restoring content. Uh, I think that there's great people already doing that. Speaking of which, big shout out to YouTuber uh, Illusory Wall, uh, because his videos inspired me to look deeper into FromSoft games. Yeah.
1: Uh, and we're course. we're already a uh, very, very partisan. Uh <laughs> proud member of Illusory Walls uh Patreon. And yeah. uh you yeah, that, that man is a minor miracle. Yeah. Uh does does great work.
0: Yeah. So, One of the best to play the game.
1: Yeah, uh, we uh, we asked about their favorite or most surprising cut content that they had found. Uh, they said, I think the whole saga of Kale St. Trina plus uh, Gilbert and Vike is the most interesting, specifically because the set of linked NPCs with alternate locations, alternate lore and so on confirms that there was a different version of Elden Ring that was planned and discarded for what we have today. Some of it survives in some item descriptions in 1.0, uh, the Elden Ring Blu-ray version. Yeah, Um.
0: Yeah. uh, And uh, kind of go into talking about that 1.0 version, because this is often held up uh, Mm -hmm. as like an original intent or something there. Uh, They say there is the belief that these alternate lore descriptions were, quote, wrong English translations. Uh, But as we kept digging with the community, we saw a constellation of alternate lore that was spread around items that weren't up to date when the game got released on Blu-ray. Most of it was found in Asian translations of the game, like uh, Chinese or Korean, but also surprisingly in Brazilian Portuguese from the network test. Same.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, while they they go on, while I didn't go into full detail about what my video restoration about Gwebert, uh, Gilbert and uh, the God of Vengeance I showed in that video how these NPCs were linked together, Kale, St. Trina, Vike, Gilbert uh, and the old lore has seen some item descriptions and alternative uh, NPC locations and names uh, there's a link, uh, the ultimate Elden Ring content documentary, uh, which I've watched and is great, mm-hmm. uh, they go on Uh, So this quest, together with those that are linked to it, like the Kale St. Trina mentioned before, tell us about an alternate version of Elden Ring with alternate lore and story points that got discarded at some point during development.
0: Yeah. We should talk about Gilbert, um, Vike, and that God of Vengeance just a little Mm. bit. Uh, Yeah. We we
1: should give an overview. At some point, I I still want to do the Elden Ring cut content. Yes, we ought to. Full episode. uh, Because those are some of my favorite that we've ever done.
3: Yeah.
0: On uh, the show. Uh, yeah, but just uh, uh, give, relating those characters and Radon, having a little bit more uh, kind of uh, explanation of, yes. you know, a little bit of what uh, was going on with Radon before the shattering. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then the the question I was most excited to get the answer to, uh, because I, I think that this is a question that you and I have to, to contend with. Mm-hmm. in what we do as well which is basically um you know we asked how they feel about uh cut content and its analysis how it falls the overall picture of getting elden ring like is this stuff sometimes cut content for lawyers is held up as an explanation for the mm-hmm. questions we have but do is it do are we beholden to look at the work as is or are these things these kind of alternate paths valid mm-hmm. for understanding yeah. um and they said I don't think looking at cut content is essential for understanding the game. I think the text of the game that is purely the game content, what you play, is what should inform your ideas and lore about the game, coupled, of course, with the discussion with the community. Uh, But at this point, we need to make a couple of clarifications about what people call cut content. In the game files, there's a lot of information that you will never see as a player unless you data mine the game. This information could be developer notes, like what's found in maps, uh, where, for example, they attach labels to every elevator, or they name the areas where certain enemies appear, or spawn locations for the player from a teleport, things like that. Yeah. Uh, In those developer notes, sometimes we find insights as to what the developers were thinking about when designing the game. For example, the Misbegotten are usually called internally Children of Radagon. Should that be canonical lore? I don't think so, but at least it gives you some hints into the design process of those enemies. There's a lot of information like that in the game files.
0: Yeah. Um, I do not know what the connection between the Misbegotten and Radagon would be.
1: Children
0: uh, of yeah i yeah. guess uh, i see the i see the misbegotten as another expression of the omen and thus the crucible uh yes. you know just in another another way people can come out quote-unquote wrong or at least afflicted right and yep. uh i do not see radigan as associated with those at all you know like radigan for all intents and purposes appeared out of nowhere and disappeared into nowhere
1: <laughs> yeah for for reasons You know, a very clear reason or for reasons that we find out in the end game Mm -hmm. uh, or from a certain statue. It's uh, but yeah, I also would not have made that connection. But it's interesting to know that that was the intent at some point.
0: Yeah. Um, so that is developer co- you know comments and notes and things like that, but also going into like, okay, the things that we call cut quests. So uh, they continue. Then we have what we call cut quests. Elden Ring has a bunch of those, as shown in my YouTube channel. The problem with using these quests as some sort of lore explanations uh, is that many of them are from alternate timelines of Elden Ring, uh, like the case of the Gilbert, Vike, and Kale quest mentioned above. So that Gilbert talks about the God of Vengeance and links Radon to it, it means nothing for the current game lore, since, as explained already, that is an alternate storyline from the retail Elden Ring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, They go on. Uh, A problem I find is that sometimes cut content is published, but it's not contextualized in the game's development history, which can create problems for users that want to base their lore discussions on cut content. Uh, Same happens with compilations of cut dialogue. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, this has happened the entirety oh, yeah. of uh, my career of, like, looking into FromSoft games, mm-hmm. right? Um, r- just another piece of weird connection between, like, Elden Ring basically being Dark Souls 2, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, The This kind of restart with these little elements reminds me the most of Dark Souls 2.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. with the
1: original version with the, uh, the Don Quixote uh, mm-hmm. kind of theming and stuff yeah um, you know, having this entire other history you know it it feels very big, mm-hmm. having this whole uh thing with radon cut to a god of vengeance and stuff like that's entirely different. Yeah. You know.
0: Uh yeah. entirely different. And I think that it, you know at a this goes back to like deleted scenes in like yes. DVDs and movies like oh you know what they really meant is you know because of this thing that was shot n- neglecting the fact that it was cut probably for a reason.
1: Yeah. Um, Editing is, is creation. Yes. Like cutting uh, is creation.
0: Yeah and i think a lot of what we you know like gets into this is uh you know this kind of modeling of let's say like collective interpretation kind of being a little bit corrupted or at least influenced by uh algorithm tuning which yes. is like it is much more attractive to get new people to look at your shit uh if you're able to say the real truth behind St. Trina
1: 100 percent right. is you yeah. know the thumbnails and stuff and then from a from our perspective or even just from a consumer's perspective it can be hard at a certain point to keep the lines straight uh between yeah. these three different categories of like in-game uh cut quest and developer insight mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like at some point it's very hard to have organizational files for that just because of how brains work yeah you know yeah. without actually using a, a corkboard and string
0: yeah, you know, uh, some kind of internal wiki or what have you. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's 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 tough. I think what it comes down to is that, like the cut content stuff, like it looks like it can slot in and fill in the gap, fill, fill mm-hmm. in gaps that we see. And it's roughly the same shape, but it is not watertight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? people, people love a complete picture. Yes, you know? uh, yeah. they they kind of conclude there. Uh, without context, there isn't much you can conclude from reading, listening to unused dialogue. If you understand dialogue IDs and how they play into quest lines and cutscenes, then you can disambiguate uh, and see where they're used in the game. As an example, this video places some unused dialogue as it would have been said by Margaret. Um, this is the kind of prayer that uh, Margaret would have given. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen reference to this several times, mm-hmm. um, here, uh, oh no, no, I was thinking of, uh, uh, God, uh, yeah, Godric. Um, yeah. this one, I don't know. Yeah. This, um,
0: the, the this one is a uh, cut, cut dialogue when Margaret appears, uh, outside yes. of, yes, outside of Landell.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and then finally I ask because I'm me and I always want to geek out mm-hmm. about this shit, uh, and just favorites, you know, the thing I ask everybody at the end of every interview, like mm-hmm. what bosses did you really like? Uh, yeah. Just cause I'm a dork. Uh, and they uh, they tell us what they what they said. Cole.
0: They said uh, from Elden Ring, I loved the vistas and the sense of wonder that exploration gave me. Uh, looking at a faraway location and then and then being able to just go there was amazing. I didn't find the boss fights to be impressive, to be honest. If I consider the bosses from Bloodborne or even Sekiro, uh, where I like the combat pace much more. Uh, and then they continue. Uh, I also have to say that due to data mining, I haven't played the game much. I got the Platinum and then focused my time on just on data mining. Uh, So I haven't really tried to learn the bosses in the same way that I know Bloodborne, Sekiro, or Dark Souls 3 bosses, for example.
1: It's only in these games that getting the Platinum is not really playing the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was about (laughs) to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is only by, uh, you know, I played Dark Souls 20 times standards yeah. must that. be
0: fucking nice
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, this is very funny so yeah uh, very uh, at least you know i think so uh insightful interview uh good insight mm-hmm. from this person and and really interesting stuff and i love their work yes so love to uh, put some eyes on it mm-hmm. uh, in oh. case you're not familiar
0: yeah. So, uh, go to I mean their uh, YouTube URLs are dumb and bad. Yeah, uh, and reading but,
1: them out makes no sense. It, it just yeah. put into the Google, you know, the YouTube search bar. Yeah, Sekiro Doobie
0: Se- Se- Uh yeah. is uh, is is what it is. Uh, really grateful for the insight.
1: Absolutely. You know, and again, a uh, big thanks to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're moving on now to your responses. Um we just wrapped up the uh Crumbling Fairamazula and uh Mogwin's Palace. Um, the, uh, standard disclaimer, if you wrote in and we're not reading your question, it's typically because somebody else wrote in something very similar Mm -hmm. and we don't want these episodes to be a billion years long. Like this is already going to be a long episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, please don't feel offended by that. Um, we do get them and we do read everything. Um, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we do cut for space or we cut for repetition. Yes. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so getting started here with some follow up. Uh, from previous episodes, Violet writes, uh, calling Placidusax an Elden Lord to me fits in with the item descriptions all having a sort of implied historiographical perspective. I interpret it as being that the writers of the description had Elden Lord as their only frame of reference for the kind of supreme sovereign that Placidusax had been, uh and so designated him that way. uh This drew an awful lot of, let's say, lightning, not fire.
1: <laughs> let's say this, this is close to our initial interpretation yeah but there's there's a alternate interpretation that i find pretty compelling that was something that we we missed we neglected to mention. Mm-hmm. uh and again you know I, I don't feel a whole lot of shame about that i it's part of why we have these right yes. like we're trying to get as many eyes on this uh, big complicated thing as possible and incorporate mm-hmm. as many as possible so a little bit more on that in a moment mm-hmm. um, but that's close to our initial interpretation we're going to present an alternative uh interpretation as well mm-hmm. uh drew says uh just hopping in to say that the sax uh at the end of placidius Axe is much more likely to refer to the latin root for stone uh, akin to the scales and whatnot thus fortisax is strong stone grand sax is large stone placidius axe is peaceful stone lana sax is a bit of a twist that maybe does refer to a sword since it's a up together with uh lan uh possibly lancia or spear hmm yeah. No. yeah, spearstone
0: uh, porque por no los That's where you get really good. Uh, um, uh, you get really good puns. You know, like wordplay.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I also, uh, I'll admit to a weakness in terms of uh, like Latin roots and Latin stuff. Latin roots. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at that. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's my my brain avoids it.
0: Yeah. Good. So. Uh, but but good additional context nonetheless. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott writes, I think a missing piece in your guys' lore discussion around Placid, placid Dude Sacks uh, is that there is actually a representation of what seems to be a more primitive Elden Ring in the Malakath boss arena. Uh, so it looks like there was actually an Elden Ring for him to be an Elden Lord of. Also, if paralleling to the current Golden Order, the fled god in the situation wouldn't be the greater will, as Cole suggested, but America equivalent, uh And as such, that epoch's vessel for the elfin ring, uh who that character might might have been is really just speculation, maybe glomide queen, uh, but they'd both be subservient to the greater will. Here's yeah. where we run into the problem of like you've got giants, giants, and giants, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, like what 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 God is being referred to america like vessel, or you know the outer god which has no form,
1: yeah, gods mean so many things. Yes, uh, In this game, this is the other kind of interpretation bit about uh, Placidius Axe's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the arena, whether he is an Elden Lord. And several yes. people uh, pointed this out. I want to do a shout out as well to Sean, the lore hunter, who yeah. had a good point about this. It was very similar mm-hmm. uh, to this. And it's just something I remember seeing it in the arena and then mm. just... We did not... talk about it. <laughs> we did, but not it, it didn't hit my... You know, it did it didn't trigger the connection for me. Yeah. Like it being a thing that does show a, a ancientness, you know, a history to no. this concept of eldenness that would make Placidus Axe possibly, you know, a straight up Elden Lord, not just the writer's best word for it. Yes. You know, if that, that makes sense. So that's the alternate uh interpretation mm-hmm. to that, I think.
0: Yeah. Um um i i don't know what to make of it we're gonna get again a lot about
1: this in the responses several people wrote in which is good you know Uh like it's not on people writing in to know that other people have already written in yes about a thing like that's you know that's not your responsibility and and, and it's
0: and it's all it's all additive too like it's going to come up a lot but everybody has different uh uh like they're pulling from like different creators as well to like bring a little bit more
1: uh into it here um Yeah. yeah no uh off that topic, uh, Mr. Creferee says, uh, is blood tainted excrement the worst thing that FromSoft has asked us to pick up as treasure? Surely it's up there with red jelly and Bloodborne. May chaos take the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> it's pretty bad, but I was i was just thinking about how many gnarly things yeah. that Bloodborne asks you to pick up that are literally just like fetuses and babies mm-hmm. and stuff. You know <laughs>
0: you know like and like also just like half mummified things you know hearts and shit like yeah if you just if you pull even just the um eyes right yeah Uh, like if you pull even just the uh, like the chalice dungeon items you know the the the, the arcade the tokens that you get Mm -hmm. uh like any of them i think i I don't know blood tainted shit is kind of mundane actually
1: it, it's real <laughs> gross, but it's things that, like, a lot of parents have to deal with. Yeah. You know, or, like, s- owners of sick pets. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, an actual uh, umbilical cord, that's just doctors. Or an actual, like, mummified fetus. Yeah. Uh, that's nobody. That's yeah. Egyptologists. You know, <laughs> like, most people don't have that experience. Whereas, like, a lot of people are going to have a bloody shit. hmm You know, just, <laughs> sorry, youth. sorry i hate to break it to you gen z that
0: Um, that that specter is working his way down the hallway knocking on doors all right (laughs) yep it's a
1: it's only a matter of time before it happens to you Uh, and you won't even do anything to earn it it's not like you're gonna have like a bad night of drinking or eat some garbage you're Uh just gonna wake up one day and you're gonna have like a real fucking rowdy rowdy shit and you're not even gonna know where it came from or why yeah uh, it's like those crones <laughs> in the beginning of Dark Souls 2. <laughs> you, you will have a bloody shit and you won't even know why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a, little bit of a, okay. a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here. Part of the reason I include this. So Gwen, our producer, uh, helps us compile these responses. And mm-hmm. uh, she will give like a rough categorization for them. So when we go through and choose them, it's easier to, you know, uh, pick and see. The ca- You know categories use them like lore. Or it's about this particular boss here in, you know, talking about like is blood tainted excrement the worst thing that it asks us to pick up. Gwen made the category sticky white stuff erasure. Yeah, so
1: it's very funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're picking yeah. up a lot of just like mysterious gotta become
1: like goo. I, I cannot believe that in demon souls, they did sticky white stuff. <laughs> like that, that made it past everybody. And they're like, yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Oops, go for go. it. Holla. It's That's magic. So
1: funny. That's so funny. <laughs> hmm. the, the fire equivalent in that game is turpentine. <laughs> like, it's the most mundane thing that you can actually go get. And then yeah. when it comes to describing the magic come, it's just like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> like, uh, getting into uh, Crumbly and Farrah stuff, stuff, uh, we have Mark here writes in saying... On my first blind playthrough, uh, I was massively underpowered in Farrah I wasn't leveling my vigor enough uh, and was getting demolished by everything. I ended up doing a lot of the bad Dark Souls behavior of suicide running past everything to pick up items and grab bonfires. Overall, I think the difficulty curve of the game is pretty uneven, uh, with a huge spike starting at the mountaintops uh, that continues to here.
1: A a very common uh, refrain. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that when before i played this uh you know friends of mine who uh did not realize how blind i was trying to go mm-hmm. and oh. this was just like oh gary's gonna fucking hate this because yeah. i you know i can really complain about these games <laughs> being overly hard or sometimes yeah. um i sincerely i think that for me just the having the different approaches changes it yeah uh, i didn't i I think this area is hard. You know, I think mm-hmm. the alley Tree is hard. I think these areas are hard, but they still feel good to me. Yeah. Uh, and it's largely because I can hit somebody with a range weapon, pull them in and duel them. Yes. You know? Yeah. Makes well, when you, when you say multiple,
0: multiple ways to approach you're not talking about like, cause it is a relatively linear area. You're, you're referring to like builds, Build. right? But, yeah. You know, the actual I, I, verbs I, and builds I, that you have be, as compared being being to able like, to have
1: a yeah. bow. Yeah. yeah. And having it, it's, you know, being able to, to juke people off of cliffs and stuff. Yeah. Do do uh, things like that. Degenerate tactics mm-hmm. uh, that work. Uh, Justin, Justine M. Uh, says, uh, The Tarnished Archaeologist has done an amazing amount of work to uncover Farah Missoula's lore. And though you've not gone around to it, I strongly urge you to check out his Empire's Risen and Filled series for an elaboration about what I'm going to discuss. To start, there are tree reliefs littered all over the place. Not Erd tree reliefs, which you'll find throughout most of Lindell, but the previous regime's tree informally, the Great Tree. There are also depictions of the Elden Ring, not the same Elden Ring depicted in Lindell, but uh, one of a different configuration. This points to America's conflict with the Glomide Queen, thus the presence of the godskin duo, scions of the Glomide Queen, uh, thus the presence of banished knights, on loan from Stormvale collection, but previously a vassal of the Great Tree regime, and all pointing to Placidus Axe as the Glomide Queen's Elden Lord.
0: Like... it sounds like the Tarnished Archaeologist does really good work. We have another response right after this, you know, talking mm-hmm. about what they what they have dug up. Uh citing the presence of the go- the the uh the godskin duo um here um is to me that that feels more directly related to the fact that this is where uh Malakath was banished to. While holding, yeah. while, while while holding that, I think that like they are trying to get at it. Uh, I I do not see other stuff that like explicitly links it to uh, the Glowmite Queen or ex- links Placidusax or the dragons as a whole to death. Like, other mm-hmm. than, like, you know, we see Fortisax and how, like, aberrant and unusual that is. Uh, there just does not seem to be enough of a connection uh, between the, the dragons and uh, Destined, Destined Death there. And mm-hmm. the presence of the Rune of Death, I think, speaks more to the fact that there is a primordial and, quote, right version of the Elden Ring that includes the Rune of Death that America, uh befouled by trying to take the Rune of Death yeah. out of it.
1: By, yeah. by yanking it, it's it's always a hard thing to comment on uh, somebody else's work when I haven't seen it.
0: I don't want to you because know? it sounds like they do really good work and have the base it's... of knowledge that we don't.
1: And yeah. and the 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 truth of it is like the reason why I haven't caught up on that, even though like people have you know told me over and over like this this person's really good. I want to, I will. It's just time because I didn't know about them until relatively late. Yeah. So when I was first playing this game and was devouring everything I could about it, uh, I did not know about them. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, I wasn't avoiding their work. It sounds really interesting. And now that I know about it, I have so many videos to catch up on Mm -hmm. and like also just a full-time job uh, on top of it. You know, like it it is hard to find time for it. Mm -hmm. It's not lack of interest or it's not lack of wanting to, you know, I don't, it's not that I don't want to see the perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely on my task mask uh, to do at some point. It's just tricky to find time for it.
0: Um, I'm curious. I mean, I, I generally don't watch YouTube lore stuff, uh, despite the mm-hmm. fact that I know very good people. I just don't watch YouTube very much. Yeah. Um, you know, I do other stuff instead. Um, but, uh, I'm very interested in the tarnished archaeologist because, uh, Mike, Mike Krieg. Uh, mm-hmm. Writes in with, uh, again, talking about that knowledge base uh, is, that seems to be present, uh, saying, I recently watched a Turnist archaeologist uh, video on Ferrum Azula that dives surprisingly deep into the real life inspiration for the area, the Varna Necropolis, an ancient Bulgarian gravesite. That was discovered in the 1970s and regarded as one of the most important archaeological finds of world prehistory. The shared details are nearly one-to-one, the most obvious being the entombed beastmen clad with jewelry and other gold artifacts. Um, (laughs) I know this isn't what Mike is trying to say, but talking about, like, yeah, shit, over in Bulgaria, they got entombed beastmen. (laughs) (laughs) I know they're talking about priests. being. Yeah, yeah. the uh, uh,
1: priest men and beast men are only a couple, oh, of, like one yeah. syllable apart. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, They continue. Uh, when compared with reconstructions of the real-life graves found in the Varna Necropolis, the inspiration is clear as day. Even more fascinating to me, Tarnist archaeologists researched exhibitions all over the world during the time after the discovery of the Necropolis, particularly a stretch of months in 1982 where the exhibit was shown in a tokyo museum where an eight-year-old miyazaki surely could have seen something he'd never forget pretty cool to imagine things from so early in his life becoming inspirations uh for stories told today
1: yeah that that is neat i did not know about the varna necropolis uh but ah, anything that has the necropolis suffix
0: i'm down i'm, I'm down with it yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just uh, it's
0: one it's one of those things where video games have made me just fall in love with the concept of a necropolis.
1: Yeah, mm, necropolis. I, I love it. This is also, again, a blind spot for me uh, is the real world, you know, inspirations like I recognized Angkor Wat, yeah. you know, in Los mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that's that's about as far as it. they have yeah. been pretty famous yeah. for, for well, me to get them
0: and that's what that's where people like the lore hunter right and the like the architectural uh, kind of studies yes. and background uh really really come in handy uh people yeah. who actually know shit <laughs> talking <Yeah>. with authority
1: <laughs> yeah. Bring, bringing their their day jobs this stuff is awesome yeah you know uh william says firm uh Ferum Azula, while Aesthetically Amazing also culminates in a good representation of my biggest negative of Elden Ring. The names in this game are so confusing to me. It wasn't until we were literally fighting each other that I realized Malakath, the Black Blade, was the name of a guy and not a sword like Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff is all over Elden Ring and made the story very difficult for me to track over a 100-hour playthrough. Is the Black Blade a guy or a sword? Is Destined and Death a concept or a force or a god or a literal runic object? Is the Elden Ring uh, an actual ring uh, that one could literally shatter? Or is it a conceptual ring or a magical ring? For so much of my playthrough, I thought the greater will was like a general idea, not realizing until I looked online that it is a specific deity. I love this game, but this kind of thing really made me feel like I had no idea what I was doing right up until the end.
0: The, the, I, I I can totally get the complaint, you know, alongside like, oh yeah, I've got G R and M names, you know. Yes, I, I think it's going to be a matter of taste because I do like that ambiguity in a, in a lot of sense. The answer you know? is
1: always it's both.
0: Yes, yeah. you
1: know, it, it's all the things. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the, so you know, the
0: where, where the line falls is weird because like you've got the black blade, but you also have the black knives. Like yes. okay, <laughs> uh,
1: which are which are people and knives uh-huh. as well. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's 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 certainly confusing. Yeah. You know, a, a little bit of poetic license.
0: Yeah. So. Uh Elden Ring namespace pollution the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh. Um Matt writes, uh you guys mentioned that it is strange that Placidusax is referred to as an Elden Lord. Colvin used the analogy that it's like calling Caesar the pope. Uh, this kind of unlocked something for me because Julius Caesar and later Augustus both held positions as the head of the Roman re- religion. Uh, their title was Pontifex Maximus, the same title as the Pope uses today uh it very well could be that during the age of america and the greater will uh they took the title that had already that already had meaning and power and used it for themselves over time the association became tied to their empire not the previous ones uh in the bloodborne season gary said something that i believe holds as a theme for many FromSoft games uh it's the new order pretending to be the oldest order um i feel like it also applies here as well uh very aptly put past gary yeah thank you (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank you the uh that guy seems smart it's too bad he hated bloodborne uh, that, for people who are just listening i don't hate bloodborne yeah i just realized this is a public episode and it's been <laughs> it's been like eight years yeah. since then so th- that joke that is the thing i'm still sore about maybe won't have the same cachet uh people got very mad at me because i i was critical of some parts of the end of bloodborne yes uh and kept saying i hate bloodborne and then it became a little bit of a running joke yeah that is what that is in reference to when in fact i love bloodborne Mm -hmm. um yeah the opposite of hate um yeah yeah, that that is a a good point as well again this this bit about referring to placidius Axe as an alden lord has many angles of approach yes uh charlie says uh i never worked out why it's so bright in crumbling fair is it because we're nearer to the top of the Erd tree Anyway, the only thing I don't love about the area is the fact that it's non-negotiable in any playthrough. And while some places, like Stormvale and to a lesser extent Rayo Lucaria, seem to play out differently each time, Crumbling Ferrum Azula is a lot more linear. I've explored the whole place, I've done Placidus Ax twice, and you can't just run through it either. So every time I've got to methodically traipse through that whole bit with the knife eagles and the lightning hate that bit and all the parkoury bits where you have to jump from platform to platform great the first time not so great on subsequent plays also i know people complain about Malaketh and the godskins on this level piece of piss uh mm-hmm. the real tough boss in this area is the sentinel before Malaketh. screw him to hell and back first time was ridiculously tough second time was a joke he really hates his own ancient light uh, ancient dragons lightning as well as holy bubbles hmm, hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, there, there, there is precedent uh, for dragons not liking bubbles. See, Mega Man too.
1: It, it's it's hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, the and tell my kids that's Placidus hacks. Um, <laughs> the uh, that linearity I think is true of this. Mm-hmm. The thing that is a balm for me with it is that I come here so less frequently since it's at the end, right? Yeah. So yeah. like I've started more playthroughs of Elden Ring that I finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so those areas that are early that do play out differently every time, by the time I get to Fair Missoula again, it's been long enough that I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. No. yeah I'm not
1: saying that to invalidate the point. That's just how I've responded to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is this is a pro tip, not for Charlie because I'm sure they've figured this out, but also for anybody who might be banging their head up against Placidusax. Um, Do not start at the grace that precedes where you jump off. Start at the Great Bridge uh, grace. Mm. Uh, where you can just go down and then run through that little building and then out to the ledge. Nice. Uh, that way you don't yeah, have I, to I deal with uh, yeah, deal with the uh, the lightning,
1: uh, lightning the slope, casters, um, things like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I never figured that out. Like when I beat him, I just had to do the boss run.
0: Yeah, over and over uh, and over. I just yeah, that just ended up working out to be a little bit easier because that, that that sucks. Um, yeah. I don't appreciate that Charlie tried to begin with a gotcha. Uh, like speaking sarcastically, like I never worked out why it's so bright and crumbling ferro you know, where you're up in the sky, like, okay, why would it be bright? Maybe implying that there is some kind of sun present. Yeah. Obviously the Tempest has obliterated what served as the Erd tree in Placidus Axis time, um, Mm. and strewn the bits about and suspended them in the air, providing ambient light in the area, uh, as it cannot be, you know, planted there and providing light centrally um uh, you buffoon
1: obviously yes obviously uh <laughs> what does what does al say
0: al says um i never did beat elden ring the furthest i got was that horse riding hard ass outside Malakath's fog wall uh i just could not beat him horse riding I... hard ass welcome <laughs> yeah. to ram ranch <laughs> I tried respecting, I tried getting good, whatever the hell that means, but I just could not. And then the only few times I ran past, and then the few times I ran past him to fight Malaketh, he was also an ungodly, he was also an ungodly terror. Uh, Only got to a second phase once, and he immediately leapt into the air and one shot me into oblivion uh, with what I can only describe as a giant red laser, like he is Dr. Evil. I don't want to take away anyone else's enjoyment of the game, but after 120 plus hours of banging my head against it, I finally said, fuck that shit forever. Crumbling Ferrum Azula, more like crumbling Ferrum Asshola.
1: Yep, Asshola Asshola. Yeah. Uh, as we,
0: it's we, consolidating um,
1: power. As we speak. Um yeah, uh, the most people came out to say I was an idiot for not liking Malakath as a boss fight. I appreciate each and every one of you who also doesn't like him. <laughs> um, the the, uh, the most common response was Gary doesn't like any of the cool bosses in this game. That's uh, a little unfair.
0: Wh-
1: I think so. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I thought that was a little unfair. I like a lot of the cool bosses in this game. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone who doesn't like Malakath, you are my brothers and sisters <laughs> and uh, non-binary siblings. Yes, uh, Jonathan says, Malaketh is my most divisive Soulsborn boss. I love his visual design and flair of attacks, but I have a hard time reading those attacks. And his large size doesn't help. His glass cannon nature makes the fight fast and fun, but it's also incredibly punishing, especially with fa- with a phase one that has a completely unrelated move set. Uh, the lore and his presence as a character, uh, I've known for most of the game, but why the hell is Grank still in the sanctum after, uh, Malakath, like Melania, uh, feels like a boss I'd prefer to just select on a menu and fight while also being able to parry a la Sekiro. And I didn't even, uh, particularly like Sekiro. Uh, it's confusing. I'm confused. F you Malekith, my sweet, sweet doggo. Thank okay, no. you. Welcome to the brotherhood. Um, the uh a couple people asked like why what's up with grank being there and i wish i had an answer for that i Uh, really don't it's the number one thing that made me think i was traveling through time yeah when i when i first went here Mm -hmm. Uh, because FromSoft has done that before but then there's a lot of counter evidence to that so i got no fucking clue yeah uh you know Mm. it just people can project in this world yeah uh but yeah uh that's all i got Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah. i It has to be something to do with like just a, like mechanical reasons is all is all I have to say. I know that is unsatisfying. I think everybody wants an answer for something, but like if you wanted to continue turning on that death route and getting those get, getting getting those treats, like mm-hmm. maybe they didn't want to you know cut off that that ability entirely for you yeah uh, it's inconsistent when fromsoft decides to do that or not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's, I, I didn't address it because I don't have a good reckon on like, it, it is, it a, is a common thing why. for FromSoft
1: to do, to like take yeah. something that can be a boss and also uh, apply them to a gameplay yeah. mechanic like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't have a full catalog on every time they've done it or how they've handled each time. Like, yeah. I can't remember if you can still dark moon after killing dark sun Gwendolyn, you know, yeah, stuff like
0: or that. Gravelord after killing, uh, killing Nito.
1: Yeah. I think you can still Gravelord because I did it. Mm -hmm. But I I think it does vary from case to case. Yeah. Really. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Mateus writes in saying Malaketh is one of the best from soft bosses of all time. It's always under two minutes and either I die or he does. Uh, It's brutal and fast. And his design combines wolf and tiger into a tragic beast man that I fucking love. His armor is also the best. Welcome brother. (laughs) <laughs> the,
1: the, the uh, we're, we're choosing sides the i think one of the reasons why maybe it doesn't fall on the cool side for me is i don't like beast men that much mm. which doesn't yeah. you know that's not that's not actionable that's not a you know
0: that's also not, it's just not why i like them <laughs> yeah. no
1: no i i know i was just thinking about like just him being a tiger man yeah. you know i i like uh ludwig who's a horseman, uh-huh. because that's grotesque and weird
0: yeah i've just
1: i've just seen a lot of wear tiger kind of stuff mm. you know now, I'm on Blue Sky. Come, I've seen all that. Come,
0: come, come in here telling me that Ray from Breath of Fire 3 isn't really cool. He's not. Don't that just, don't that just beat all. Come on.
1: Yeah. Uh, you're out of the Brotherhood. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, Kyle uh, says, uh, there's one very important detail in Farrah Missoula that you didn't mention, which is easy to miss. In Malakath's boss room, we find a depiction of the Elden Ring that is very different from the one associated with America's Golden Order, which you can see here. Uh, There's a link. Uh, there is a ton of speculation about what it represents and how it differs from the other versions of the Elden Ring we see in other places in the game. But a fairly straightforward conclusion to make is that this is the Elden Ring from the Age of Placidus Axe, supporting the idea that they were in fact a legitimate Elden Lord. Personally, I agree with the idea that the Elden Ring is a symbolic construct that is both physical and metaphysical at the same time, and its particular configuration determines the characteristics of the world. For example, Merica removing the rune of Death from it literally removed death from the world until it was stolen. It seems like Placidusax's age was probably a lot more vibrant and diverse than that of the Golden Order, but it's hard to conclude much more than that. Also, isn't it weird that none of the ancient dragons talk? They seem to have been able to negotiate with Lindell, uh, but they never talk to the PC. I don't think that's an important bit of lore, but it always seemed like a strange creative decision to be.
0: Yeah, that's weird that we don't get a talking dragon, especially since we see that they had a whole civilization and shit.
1: Yeah. yeah. But they also, I wonder if the idea is just like so much time has passed.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, that like they they have they've lost the ability. Uh, part, and that I mean, is why the, they, they don't talk and why yeah, they attack you. They never would
0: have spoken our language, or they communicate in different ways, et cetera. You know, yeah, because like we, we don't know
1: how Dell communicated back in the the other day, like what exactly, either.
0: You you know, know. So we
1: know they know they did that, but also like they are immediately hostile, and and sometimes there are actions that belie in intelligence, right? So mm-hmm. like the the dragon that is Ronnie's bodyguard, you know, acts intelligently, you know, you know mm-hmm. to to a, a degree, but most of the other ones don't. You know, know, they, they just attack, they are very animalistic mm-hmm. in this. So it, it could be an element of uh, degradation. Yes. Know?
0: Yeah. Um, Re- regarding the rune that's in, uh, Malaketh's chamber. Um, mm-hmm. I swear that I am not trying to like engage in sophistry here, but I just want to kind of give a little bit of a thought process on this, which is, you know, about certainty. It, it, it does seem very likely that that, that could have been there, uh, from the, um, you know, time of Placidus X. There's nothing stopping people from casting or carving that relief after the fact though, after Malaketh mm-hmm. was put there. Right. So yeah. I, I, you know, just whether that's a new addition or not in this room that Malaketh has made his own, I do not
1: know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah. Do not know.
0: Um no. Mateus writes, oh, we're moving on to Mogwin Palace stuff here. Mateus says, for me, Mogwin Palace is the biggest drop in enjoyment on subsequent playthroughs. The first time I got there after Vare's quest, it felt mysterious and cool. Being able to see the palace back in its uh it's, being able to see the palace back in the ancestral followers camp in Sheffra River added to the anticipation. Now that I beat the game three times, Mogwyn Palace is a boring detour with uninteresting visuals, horrible Vare invasions in the blood pool, uh, and awful encounters with blood disciples in the dark cave. Whenever I get there, I speedrun to grab the swarm of flies, easy somber ancient dragonstone, and albinoric farm grace. Um, and then there is Mogwin. Uh As you keep saying, the, as you keep saying, these games find your weakness. On my first playthrough, I beat him no problem, but the next two have been hour-long challenges, making me question my sanity. Overall, the location uh, is a cool idea, wasted by its execution.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. You uh, know, like the boss underbaked. Yeah, yeah, the area is definitely the uh, the isolith of Elden Ring. In yeah. that respect. It's interesting contrasting it with how much like I'm I'm a defender of all my children in Dark Souls One, but I, I recently beat that randomizer for Dark Souls One, so I spent more time in Isleth. Mm-hmm. Um, how an underbaked area in Dark Souls is so much more underbaked than an oh, underbaked yeah. area in Elden Ring.
3: Oh yeah.
1: You know, like the the floor has gotten a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is which is nice to see that kind yes. of progress. Uh Mansour uh says Previously, both stated the frenzied flame is a much more interesting and engaging expression of nihilism than the troublesome turd taster. Uh, but Moog performs the double tap by completely overshadowing him as the game's truest, greatest edgelord. Incest, necrophilia, pedophilia, hematalesia, uh, mommy kink, stabbing an invisible mommy kink. <laughs> Nothing is off limits as an expression of depravity. Uh, what I love most about Moog... Uh, is that he isn't all about lashing out at society or wallowing in self-pity like the contemptible caca cruncher. He revels in uh, creation, extends a hand to the downtrodden, and promotes unwavering optimism. Hardly qualities you'd expect from the ruler of an underground blood castle. Moog could have ended up a simp uh, to his own oppressor, like his brother Morgot, or simply could have sought to spread as much pain and suffering like the pee-pee-poo-poo man. But instead, he chose to create something new, a brand new dynasty that would welcome all comers with a warm embrace led by an outer god in the form of a mother. I found that beautiful and certainly purposeful as it was ultimately the refusal to provide love and care for Moog's biological mother that began this chain reaction. The formless mother isn't the stepmom. She's the mom who stepped up. <laughs> uh, Step formless mother is very funny. Uh, there's a reason why the Mog Win di- dynasty name shares a suffix with America's favorite son, God Mog's Moog's uh, simply a little boy who wants to be loved.
0: Wow. Sympathy for the devil.
1: Yeah, good, a good response. Yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, like, it, it is a, a funny response that is pointing out, you know, the actual reasons why I like Moog better than Pee Pee Poo Poo Man, mm-hmm. you know, is, is that uh, wanting to do good in a twisted way is always inter- more interesting than just wanting to watch the whole world burn, yeah. you know, and everyone get fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, Moog has motivations that aren't just fuck everything. I'm a teenager.
0: Yeah. You know? Um. So. Where where do I know pee-pee-poo-poo man before? I know you've said it and I've heard other people say it. Is that a reference to something that I'm unaware of?
1: I don't think so. I think it's just the way you describe somebody who is a pee-pee-poo-poo man.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, you just it's know a man when you see it?
1: pee-pee and poo-poo modify man. Mm, I think okay. it doesn't go any further than that. Okay. Yeah. poo boo and pee-pee. That's actually the answer to Ravel's quest line uh, in uh, Torment, <laughs> is that pee-pee and boo boo modifies a man. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I've updated my journal. <laughs>
0: oh man uh matthew writes hoping i'm hoping against hope that the micola egg isn't the gateway into shadow of the earth tree what a total pain in the ass it would have it would be uh to have to fight moog again before playing the dlc i mean i'll do it if i have to but come on that would suck so much
1: uh that it would be annoying to get to that Yes. Uh, I love FromSoft uh, with all my heart. Their uh, how to get to the DLC has always been obnoxious pain in the dick. Yeah. Uh, you're replaying uh, Scholar of the First Sin and re- being reminded how they change where the keys are. Uh-huh. For the DLC, and <laughs> they're all a huge pain in the dick. Yeah, uh, To get to getting to Artorias of the Abyss. A good god. Yeah. You know, no. like, uh, making you fight the Hydra, which, like, is a, is a busted-ass boss. Like, I mm-hmm. like the Hydra. I have some affection for him, but that doesn't work
0: nope that is a non-working
1: mechanical no
0: getting to um uh the old hunters it's like oh no just go here and get killed by this thing
1: (laughs) all right yeah cool you know like this far in the game like they're always doing that shit yeah um yeah so it is a bummer it's part of the reason why i want to have a game set up for it
0: yes yeah
1: you know specifically um our final uh, response here, uh, Christopher says, This is more of a general comment on the lore, but I thought it was an interesting connection to real-world religion. The three-fingers and two-fingers orders seem quite abstract, but in the Eastern Orthodox Church, you make the sign of the cross with three fingers, while in the Russian Orthodox Church, old believers, uh, you make the sign of the cross with two fingers. The old believers, two fingers, were very opposed to the new Eastern Orthodox Church's use of three fingers because it caused, and it caused a rift between the two traditions.
0: Man, Uh, we fight over some dumb shit.
1: (laughs) The uh, number of fingers (laughs) being held up. Uh, Man will make war uh, over just absolutely. You know what side of toast is buttered?
0: Yeah, you part your hair on the right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) them fighting words. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, again, more knowledge, more knowledge that the audience has had no idea yeah. about that, uh, you know, about that similarity. Don't know about yeah. connection, but similarity at the very least.
1: Yeah. Um, when I, I cannot, uh, one little thing that I thought was interesting that came in as a response, but I think it came in too late. Mm-hmm. um i don't i don't have credit so i don't want to deny this person credit on purpose but i don't have it in front of me uh someone mentioned a connection and this is some, the reason why i bring it up now is, is something i've thought of before mm-hmm. uh and it gets into problematic territory so I, I wanted to be careful with it yes but it's weird that Mikola compels affection when you start thinking of Mikola with moog yeah um, you know that uh, i don't know what to do with that uh i really you know be, before i can like land somewhere with that or whether that's in play um, yeah. i'm hoping the dlc uh, you know illuminates a little bit of that
0: whether but it, how it, how much michela was counting on their their body being who's taken? in control yeah, yeah. like who, yeah. who's
1: in control there it's it's a bold fucking thing to do to make yeah. the victim of pederasty have mind control powers and compel affection
0: that's, uh, if that's actually
1: what they're doing. That is so fucking dicey. Yeah. It, uh, it, it makes me feel gross saying it. I just wanted yeah. to bring it up because I thought it was a cool observation and it was something that like, yeah, no, that's fucked up. I wonder if they're going to do anything with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was, um, that was a uh, Patreon comment as what it was. Uh, that mm-hmm. is, to, uh, Toshio42, okay. uh who, well, who, you, Toshio 42. Thank you, in with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so we'll, we'll find out hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that is a weird thing to chew on. I'll tell yeah. you that
0: much. Um, Don't care yeah. for it one bit.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. We appreciate uh, you listening. Uh, this episode, as we mentioned before, is on the public feed because uh, we thought it was cool. And we had a lot of insight from other people we wanted to share mm-hmm. uh, here. If you want to hear the season uh, and our previous seasons on Sekiro and Remnant and a bunch of other Souls likes and cut content episodes mm-hmm. and soundtrack episodes... And all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can join us at patreon.com slash TV. You will have a wealth of mm-hmm. old episodes to listen to. Um, yeah. And uh, whatever we end up doing in the future. Like we got this yeah. DLC coming. Um, but And then after that, the sky is the limit. You know? Yeah. we uh, uh. We don't know.
0: If you end up liking those Souls like episodes, um, you know either you know the uh, especially the ones uh, on the uh, the Patreon feed, uh, know that uh, their format is very similar. To watch out for fireballs, kind of the flagship show that we do. Uh, we've done a bunch of episodes about things that are you know close to and related um, to uh, you know yes. to Souls. Lots of Castlevania stuff. A lot of those are found in the premium episodes, which uh, you, uh, you get access to get. at the same tier. So, like, you know, uh, we understand if you're just here for Elden Ring and Soul stuff, like, you know, that that makes sense. Uh, you're listening to this show. Uh, but understand that, you, like, you get a whole bunch, uh, in a, you know, in addition to that, uh, you know, yes. uh, when, you, uh, when you throw in. Probably too much. Yeah, there's some synergy.
1: Uh, yes. d- next month on, uh, on Watch for Fireballs, we're talking about uh, Aria of Sorrow. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Castlevanias, and those games have some DNA, even though we've done the old classic ones yeah. that have uh, even more DNA. So, um, yeah, we, we would appreciate that. Uh, if you've already done that, if you're hearing this, thank you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you very much. Um, we also, uh, very much appreciate Gwen, our producer who helps us uh, run the network. Yes. Uh, compile this stuff, edit episodes, things like that. So, uh, she is wonderful. Thank you, Gwen. Big thanks yeah. to Gwen. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we'll be back next week, uh, with the consecrated snowfield.
0: Yeah. Getting up in there. There's more to it than you think.
1: Yeah, there's so much stuff there. Uh, (laughs) there, There's a unique rune bear that is like the hardest boss in the game. Uh, I have not beat it. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see you there. Yeah. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more
3: soon.